this is wrong rocket and this is narrative mike and then there's one or two other hosts you will soon discover may or may not be here and it's time to release kraken We're the Mr. We're, Wrong Rocket. We're the um, we're the landing party. <laughs> awesome! I'm not wearing a they, red shirt. Yeah, they've sent us down with a meager amount of supplies, and they've assured us that a shuttle is going to be sent down to support us. And we're doing contained. first contact with the Ferengi. I already feel it. I already feel it. <laughs> We've got one or two other crewmen that are uh, supposed to join us, but you know, there's uh, particle storms. <laughs> Yeah. There's there's some chronal irregularities. We may there's, be alone. There's dissent in the Galactic Senate. <laughs> that, too yes. soon. Too, too, too soon. There's dissent in the Senate, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Mr. Man, uh, for our Sucking the Monkey segment, I have a sneak feeling that we're probably all on the same page on this, but uh, what are you having over there? I, I, am, I am taking a, a slight break from the alcoholic beverages, so I'm just having water with lime. <laughs> I, am, I am bougie as AF. I'm bougie, bougie AF. Oh, There's that Val- is a clean shorn head. That oh, man that. has a clean shorn head. Our landing party has arrived. Our resupply, our resupply shuttle has arrived. It's a, uh, it's, it's Jean Michel Picard. <laughs> Not quite Jean Luc. <laughs> that looks like a dome that's been under uh, 50 SPF sunblock for about a month. Uh, 50 to 100. Yep. Or just zinc paste and mud. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yes. And depending on which version of the news you read, we might need that two million sunblocks. So you just, well, you know, doing it's just going you know. to be a nice little uh, couple of weeks before uh, the new year actually starts on January 21st. So I'm um, ready. I got the bomb shelter going. I got 40 cases of spam <laughs> and a spoon and I'm nah. good. On the on the fifth, I told someone in a meeting. They said, "Hey, happy twenty twenty one. How you feeling?" And I said, "I feel, I feel like an enthusiastic bird hurtling towards a plate glass window. How about you?" And he's he's like, "Don't bring me down like that." And I said, "I got a smile at least. You know what what could go wrong? You know, but what could possibly go wrong? Right? At, at least I know what slaughterhouses feel like. That's right. But so uh, uh, one of the things. Yeah, that's right. One of the things I saw." You had to bring the you had to bring that in, but one of the things I saw online that I liked was that, um, um, you know, dry January was canceled. <laughs> Everybody's given a pass because it was you know a high anxiety day yesterday. Yeah, but I, think, um, I thought it was free based January. I I thought I got that I, memo. I think it was. Look at the little monkey in the background. I see one. A Not pup. you. Yeah, there was a oh, pup. Hi, pup. What? Yes. So a pup. Uh, uh, all I have to say is, uh, all I have to show is this. Nice. Oh yes, there you nice. go. Everything's I, fine. I have a little, I have a little resin statue of the garbage fire um, that I had purchased for pre-order, and it took that? it. Did you repeat that? You have a resin statue of what? Of a garbage fire. Oh, I thought. Okay, and... that's much better than what I thought I heard. <laughs> now I really want to know what you thought you heard and wonder no, you whether I should no. patent it. No, no. <laughs> That's been redacted. Yes, but I got it. Uh, I ordered. I pre-ordered it before the quarantine even started. I just thought it was cool, and then it was delayed by like oh, several months, and it came. And my coworkers and everyone thought it was awesome, and said, "Oh man, that's cool." 
and pretty funny. Everything's great. And then the rest of the year happened, and now I look at it, and I'm sort of like, mm. it's almost like one of those evil totems, right? Like, put it back. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you monkey paws, man? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mr. Begin Again, uh, our resupply party, um, what are you What are you sucking on today? Uh, grapefruit juice. I have envy for you. I really do. But I, I have good news. It's been seven months. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So seven months or seven years because time has no meaning. I don't really know. Well, <laughs> I'll claim whatever makes me look better. It's That's cool. right. But, uh, no, seven months. Wow. Yeah. Seven months and 70 pounds probably. Uh, about 30. So it's been an interesting ride. Well, for my part, I'm uh, having a delicious lemonade, and soon after, I'm going to have an Arnold Palmer with that some pineapple. A refreshing drink. But I'm not. But and what? No, no, just that. Um, but I'm not abstaining in any way, like you guys, other than I'm just having a refreshing beverage while I podcast. That's all. Well, now yes. I'm disappointed because I thought I would be, at least be able to live vicariously through the IV drips that both of you would have going, you know, directly into <laughs> your bodies. That's fair. That's, so we were going to have Mr. Deeply Dapper join us uh, tonight, but uh, there were some more complications. He may or may not join us. But we do have some items to talk about in our Red Sky Roundup, and then we were going to discuss the tail end of The Mandalorian. Blake, have you seen the tail end of The Mandalorian? I've seen all of it. Oh, <laughs> success! <laughs> We've got an action plan. All right. Well, wait, so wait, 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 yeah. wait, hold on. We're yeah. not going to talk about that future Academy Award winner movie, uh, Wonder Woman, 1984. We're going to give it one more week because if Chris can get, catch up, he he and um, he and his wife are doing for the next issue of his magazine. They're watching all the DC films in order because there isn't enough pain and suffering in the world, and so. Uh, he's... <laughs> I'd rather give myself a vasectomy with a dull spoon. Like, I, oh I think he does God. at some point, but so. They're going to end with that film. So he says he thinks at least by next week he'll be ready to go. I told him basically by next time we record, if he's not if he's not ready, he misses the the um, philosophical discourse that's going to follow. We're going to have to go visit him at the mental health ward. That's what we're going to have the session. <laughs> it would be the movie, right, where they wouldn't let us leave, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of trailers, one of which was The History of Swear Words. Did you read about this and or did you see the trailer? No. Yes, I have. Yes. And so, what did you think about it? Does Sorry. it look good? Or is this one of those things that's going to suck and you know it's going to suck? Uh, I mean, it's going to be as good as any of those other. I mean, it it does not look like it's going to be fantastic. It looks like it'll be interesting at best. Right. So the the interest point being, you know, okay, origin of swear words, but they get someone like Nicolas Cage to do the narration and the, and be the guy in front of the camera. Is there anything about that to you that looks like it needed to be a Nicolas Cage um, project? No. All right. No. I mean, but then what looks like it needs to be a Nicolas Cage <laughs> well, project? Well, I mean... appar apparently yesterday does, because I've already seen a number of photo manips of him sneaking something out the back, which I think is a great... Uh, way of finding something, some positivity in the in the. It's a great metaphor for Nick Cage's entire career. It really is. Yeah. 
Any, anything um, that keeps them out of the soup kitchen, I'm all for. That's all right. I mean, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I love a good Nicolas Cage vehicle. I, <laughs> Mandy. Mandy was a Nicolas Cage movie. There you go. And a great soundtrack, by the way, too. Messed up freaking movie. Man, that movie is whack. So the other, um, the other trailer that uh, came out that I noted down here is called Savage. Did you see or hear about it? Sounds familiar. What's this one about? New Zealand tribal warfare. Sorry, Nick Cage. No, Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, no, I have not seen anything about this. Yeah, Blake, it's not the one where he's fighting aliens with a samurai sword. No. <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was a toothpick. Uh, yeah. Did you all see the trailer for Tenet? Yeah, I saw Tenet. Oh, uh, I saw the first trailer for Tenet, and I didn't joke. watch anything after uh, that. What did you say, Blake? That's a joke. That's the last oh. trailer I saw. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty That's funny. That's a long time ago, man. <laughs> My Blake, life. Did you see, but you didn't see Tenet either, right? Because you were on the uh, you were on the beach. No, I have to wait for uh, Carrie Ann to get back because she wants to watch it. So uh, it'll be March or April. Uh, right. Okay. Um, okay. So then we have some Marvel stuff. You guys, briefly, we'll talk about some items. We did a number of them in the last uh, episode, which will be... Uh, online by, th- by the time this episode is released. That one have already been there for a couple of weeks. We went through... Last time was all of the Marvel and Disney news dump. Um, yes. You I just got to ask, did anybody see New Mutants? Did you go over that? Oh, no. I saw it. Did it really come out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I've, got, I've got that sort of... Um, I've got... Um, what is it? Stress blindness? Like, I, if I look at it, it doesn't look like anything to me. It's not there. I didn't know it was even... I, I didn't know it was out. The Legend of Gilgamesh. Yeah. No, yes. it's there. Um, how, how did it go for you? I it thought was a, it was good for a movie that's been delayed for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it was it was a new mutant story. I mean, yeah. it is more true to the comic than I think any of the other X movies have been. Yeah, and it did a that's nice an interesting point. To, uh, to Logan. That was kind of nice. Sorry, what well, you, what, Logan what was, was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, that, no, no, yes, one hundred percent. Tied into Logan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How'd you feel about the casting? They looked really good. Did they? Yeah. Magic. Magic looked perfect. Did she? So, yeah. She looks, per- she looks perfect in everything, right? She is. She's she's a very beautiful. They're all very beautiful people. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to be like, you know, like. Meh. But I yeah. think it seemed like a really interesting uh, uh, group of actors to be cast for that film. I yeah. seem to be the only one here that has some trouble with Anna Taylor-Joy. Sometimes I like her and sometimes I don't. I've started The Queen's Gambit and I like her in that so far, but there have been other things where she just didn't read right to me. But um, you felt like, like it was good for Ileana? I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was great. And uh, whoever the actors for Cannonball, I thought they cast really well. Uh, it's the it's the creepy kid from freaking Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Who ends up not being creepy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whose name I should I love know him. and don't. So he, he did a really great job. Yeah, I thought. And, yeah, yeah. I thought they yeah, were all a... really solid. The problem is with with that story is that they're all such interesting people, and in one hour and a half movie, you're going to be able to talk about one of them. You right. Know? So we just got brush strokes of everybody else. We got the biggest bro stroke, I think, for Rain. Oh, that um, sucks. That sucks. Because she's like yeah. one of the best actors there, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and 
I mean, it was good. We just got real fast snippets. <laughs> It's just like, this is my trauma. Moving on. This is my trauma. Moving on. It's like, cool. It's like, just... like the scattershot approach that, um, uh, uh, oh, what the hell? Suicide uh, Squad? No, no, no. Su- yeah, Suicide Squad, exactly, where they give you yeah. a little 30-minute yeah. intro background that you're supposed to develop an empathic connection with. Yeah. And uh, everybody wears a name card. Yeah. Right. Board. So, you know, it makes it easier yeah. to identify. That 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 guy who plays um, Cannonball, and I'm blanking on his name because I'm old, but he's he's on he's he's on the um, he's on the edge where it, he could have a career his whole life with a, as an actor with a very interesting face and an intense sort of acting style, and he could parlay that as an adult as an older adult, I guess, into being one of those actors his whole life that is of interest, and we have a number of those in the current generation. He's been on the edge. Yeah, no, he, yeah, right. But like, he's on the edge of, well, he's supposed to be the leading man, but he's not quite. But Stranger yeah. Things wanted him to be the sympathetic older brother and wanted him to be, and he's in the relationship and he's supposed to be the one of the, the male heroes of that, of that show. And he's way too weird. And he's better when he's weird to me. I mean, his character started off in that show Real creepy, like real Real creepy. creepy. (laughs) I mean, I thought stayed that way. Sure, um, fair, fair. But in New Mutants, the the one, the one odd thing was the real focus on uh, Danielle Moonstar, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the actress that played her, Blue Hunt, I thought was also did a pretty strong job. The narrative around it uh, kind of fell apart at the end, but yeah, it was still. It was way better than Wolverine or um, Iron sure. Man 2. I figure, well, but did it have a parrot? <laughs> but so, but I oh, would shut up. That, I love Iron Man 2. I know. Well, look, I like, I like a lot of. Get the man like, the bird. I like <laughs> Rocco. We need more Mickey Rourke. What we need is more Mickey Rourke. That's what we're I like. like the parts of the movie more than the sum of the movie, but I do like it. Yes. Um, but having not seen New Mutants, but just knowing that it was going to have some uh, some demon bear stuff, I just figured it had to be a lot of Danny, and the fact it's, that it's she all Danny, it's yeah, a Danny and since movie. that was not at all touched in most of the promo material, to me that was like one saving grace was that you don't really get that from a lot of the stuff that they did. Towards the end, they gave more mm-hmm. um, away, but you know, well, they tried to make it like they a, were, huh? they try to make it more like a, a horror movie, yeah, yeah, or a suspense movie. Which uh, than a, a superhero movie, and and the, yeah. the movie itself had elements of it, but it, I didn't think it was nearly as strong as I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Well, they watered uh, it, it down quite a bit. He had to fight yeah. hard. He wanted to do something deep, deep horror at first, right? And then they kind of pulled it back. And it it is interesting to think about what, how stronger the connections would have been, if this got released before Logan. Yeah. Because mm. I think that was the plan, because it introduced uh, Alice uh, Braga. Right in that, and kind of put her in the light where she was still kind of in. I don't want to ruin it, but the evil side of the medical community, running right. those kids, and uh, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I own it, so if you want to watch it anytime, Tom. Sweet. Oh, yeah. They'll mail you the DVD. I was gonna say, I'll cut. I'll uh, I'll come in and sit with you in your bing bag. Oh, that's awkward. 
because in the pandemic we can't do that we're not allowed to do that you see you're gonna need a bigger not, bag. not in the pandemic you're gonna need I a could, bigger bag we need a bigger bag you're right i need a bigger bag <laughs> we're all we're all suddenly quint we're gonna need a bigger bag hey guys here's a title <laughs> um okay so um interestingly enough we just did a, a snap uh, ro- uh robot review right in the middle of our news segment which is awesome um and so and then, says tom not believing it at all no i do i no i i do want to see that movie i just totally forgot that it even it came out because the time and space just completely inverted on itself and i don't even remember well practically you answered the question if a, if a movie falls in a forest and no one's around <laughs> it really does well anybody that wants question it. doesn't it um <laughs> Well, anyway, under Marvel, we did t- we just covered a ton in the last one, which was all just so you guys know it was all of the, you know, the big Disney dump. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that episode is called uh, the Dis- Disney drops and WB flops because, you know, Disney yeah. released so much Disney Marvel and uh, Star Wars stuff in this massive atomic explosion of media news in after a vacuum, and then the WD WB was like, well, but we're just gonna piss off everybody and sort of release all of our stuff and it'll be great and also wonder woman's gonna be awesome so <laughs> things didn't go according to their plan um but new news what a, what a shocking surprise i mean but one of the new news items uh that did come out was that um palm was officially confirmed as joining thor 3 um as mantis and so to me that's pretty much a good sign because um she does make everything better right she does yeah, agreed. agreed. Even West, even Westworld season three was made better for her brief involvement in that. So I thought that was very good. I mean, it's 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 very clear that Thor three is going to be Guardians Thor hybrid movie. Yeah. So it would it would have been surprising if some of these people didn't show up at this point. But it will be interesting within that context how they're going to bring Portman back in. Yes. Yes. And that's going to be a very moment, it's going to be really it's interesting. an important story point and. Um, and I hope that that maintains the focus of the movie, right? Um, they announced another series. Oh, what? Because it will be interesting if, if they maintain the original storyline that she's suffering from cancer. Right. It'll be really interesting to see how Star Lord. Yes. Yeah. After that, to that's try and my save thing. someone on Earth that's dying, it just like his mom. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I thought too. Right. Yeah. Because. In the comics, the implication is as long as she stays in Thor mm-hmm. form. That that is it's straight up. She yeah. says it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. then and then as soon, and if she ever switches back, um, it, time yeah. time and cellular decay continue. Correct. And so yes, the, the parallel between um, that and and Star Lord's mother's experience and his issues and his need to save people issues and the fact that those guys have been gallivanting around with with. Um, celestial powers that easily allow things to be made and remade and undone and mm-hmm. you know maybe a little bit light on the expectation of consequences yeah so yeah it could well, be interesting thor's storyline is certainly filled with consequence it is i mean to a much greater extent than i ever thought it would be and uh, i thought they did a, a fantastic job of that because oh yeah but the and the hulk right because Supposedly, those are the 800 kiloton weapons that right. aren't supposed to have any consequence. They're right. supposed to be above everything else. They're untouchable. Yeah. They are very, they, they revealed otherwise. I thought that was well, a really nice development. Well, if you consider this as the project coming off of Endgame and, and Infinity War, and in each of those movies, 
Star-Lord and Thor were directly responsible for major setbacks. They mm -hmm. each made decisions, selfish decisions, that had terrible consequences to them. Right. However, with the whole God Planet situation, and Daddy the God Planet and all that, Star-Lord is still stuck in this other side where he thinks that everything is solvable and that there's going to yeah. be a bailout. And at the end of uh, Ragnarok, he lost Yondu and there's going to, and they've repeatedly said they're, they're not bringing Yondu back other than maybe a flashback stuff, but they're not going to reincarnate him. So I'd be really right. surprised if there's not that element in the story as well, yeah. because yeah, he, lost both. he should he lost be frustrated that he can't, huh? He lost both of his dads. The yeah, one he was right. wanted and the one he had. Yeah, that's right. Um, but still, we get Mantis, and that's the important thing. Um, they have another show coming to Disney Plus called Marvel Legends, and I can't remember anymore specifically what it was, other than it was talking about some, I think, some obscurities or some different um, uh, sort of minor, minor, minor stories or characters in the Marvel universe, which I think is great. I just think that it's neat that they have so much planned, and that yeah. they're going to give it room to breathe on Disney Plus the way that they did with the films, right? Yeah, um, does another thing Legends I have start sometime like. Like ridiculously soon, yeah, or it may have already started. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what month it is, but fair. Another one I read was that Thomas Jane said he wants to direct a Punisher film featuring John Bernthal, and I thought that was fucking great. Wow. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Be, that would be interesting. I because I'd, I'd watch that. I went and rewatched the Thomas Jane one. I'm like, this is not as bad as I remember it. You know, like, I, like, yeah. I like Revolta, but like Specker Dave and. You know, like the giant Russian, like there is some really good Punisher moments in that. And keep in mind, I don't like Punisher. I am yeah, not a Punisher too. fan. <laughs> me too. And I and I still haven't seen that or any of the other Punisher movies since we talked about it. Yeah. Um, it's been like a couple of years since we were talking about the Punisher films on the show. And I went to try to get them, and I was able to get the, I was able to get the other one with uh, what's his name playing, uh, playing the Punisher, Warzone. Is that the one? So he's. Oh, uh, oh, what's his face? Um, it was Warzone, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, for love of God, the guy from freaking Rome, Killer um, Nixon. Killer Nixon is what he is. And Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, so and, solid. He yeah. was a really good Punisher. <laughs> right. But I, but I kept trying to get the the this one with Thomas Jane, and it wasn't available anywhere. I couldn't get it off of streaming, and I couldn't get it off of Netflix, at least at the time I was looking for it, and I was frustrated. And I kind of lost the thread. Sure. And then because of Expanse, I love Thomas Jane so much now yeah. that now I really want to go back and see that. I, even though I know I'll be disappointed, but, you know, anyway. But I like the idea of him because he's actually been behind the camera a fair amount on Expanse yeah. as well as other things. Yeah. I'd love to – I love John Brinthal as a Punisher, and I think that would be yeah. a, neat, a neat connection. Um, Have you seen the uh, – Thomas Jane segue real quick. Have you huh. seen his, um, his faux noir – detective movie with Ving Rhames? Uh, like, no. Get, get Stevens or something? I'll look it up real quick while, while we're talking. All right. Really good. Fun, is it? fun little movie. Is uh, it? Yeah. Look, look I'll look it up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about the other thing you're going to talk about. All right. So another thing they mentioned was um, Feige said that She-Hulk is a 30-minute legal comedy, and I thought to myself, maybe they're lying. <laughs> it's I L.A. Mean, law. Yeah, without the blow, I, I, they could pull it off. They could do something quite they funny could. and amusing and they good. Could. I mean, it is a satirical. It was a satirical solo book. There's a yeah. lot of room there to be humorous, but I don't need a 30 minute legal comedy. 
Real easy to break the thir- uh, fourth wall. Break the third wall. Love a guy. I love it. Break the, <laughs> break the fourth wall in a uh, in a legal comedy. That's right. So the name you're all looking for is Ray Stevenson. Yes. Ray Stevenson, right. It is, 100%. I was stuck and on Ray Livingstone. I was like, who? what, who? Yeah. And remember, the first Punisher movie was Dolph Lundgren. Yes, I, it was. I, I chose not to remember that. But the, I'll, I'll have to give a, a really strong recommendation to watch the series. It yeah. It's really good. 100%. I agree. And I don't like The Punisher. And I was like, this is probably one of the better series. Yeah. You're talking about yeah. the the, Net, the Marvel Netflix Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I really like the second season of it. And a lot of people had some, some frustrations with it. But I thought it, I thought it was good. But they do the they do the same arc around the yeah. same flaws and really right. draw that out over and over and over again. But I think the it the ending point was fantastic. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, the last thing I have for Marvel news is that um, your friend and mine, Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. uh, took a break from all yeah. of his com all of his comments about how he only added two ma- two little scenes to Justice League, but one of them is a Jared Leto scene, and also it still cost. A- a hundred million bucks and also whatever he actually threw in a little bon mot there. And he said he was asked by an interviewer what his dream Marvel film would be. And he said it was going to be Electra lives. And I thought to myself, that is the most perfect Zack Snyder project from a Marvel standpoint. Yeah. And it, and it tortured. Yeah. Not, not that it would be necessarily the right. I don't think it'd be the right thing to do. I actually think making Electra a real person is much more interesting. And frankly, the daredevil Electra while it had its strengths and weaknesses, at least it was a real a real person yeah. in the story. I mean, as um, opposed to what Snyder's going to do, which is just her butt crack for ninety percent of the movie. That's what well, I'm and... saying. Zack Snyder's uh, Electra Lives is Frank Miller art, butt yeah. cheeks and and yeah. uh, business. Yeah, no, everywhere. it's yeah. sucker punch. It'll be a sucker yeah. punch superhero movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, visually, there are some really cool, interesting things in Sucker Punch, and it could have been and something it, else. And nothing else. Yeah, it, it could have. Yeah, it's really nice to. Uh, it's really nice visually. If you turn the sound off, and just put on the soundtrack. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Uh, so the Thomas J movie is called "Give Him Hell Malone." It only Give has a six Hell. out of ten. So not everyone agrees with Mike here, which is fine. But "Give Him Hell Malone," I thought it was a fun little action movie. Uh, not appropriate for children. Not appropriate for children. Correct. A Daredevil or. Yeah. Any rumors about that whole arc? And yeah, sort of. of sort of. The, um, so, yeah, we talked about... So last week... Um, so what in the last episode, we talked about this a bit. Um, they're taking, by all... It looks like they're taking one of the surprising success stories of Marvel Sony working together, which is Spider-Man, and absolutely sending it down the toilet with Spider-Man 3. They're throwing everything but the kitchen sink into this, and it looks like they're trying to do a multiverse in the movie. So all the it's, what it's, sounded like fantasy casting from from fanboys has become some of it's been um, confirmed, and none of it's been denied. But they have McGuire and Andrew Garfield coming back. Michael oh Keaton as the Vulture. Um, Doc Ock is back. Um, uh, 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 the Green original Green Goblin is back. Wait. Alfred Molina's back? Alfred Molina's back. And granted, there's a lot to be said hey, about that. Yeah, right. Um, the, um, the kids original... love the multiverse. Let's bring them all back. Okay, you get out of this room. Do you remember about a year ago when I said that I had some anxieties about the fact that they were jumping, they were racing ahead into Flashpoint 
and throwing Michael Keaton into it, and we didn't need any of that shit, and it was going to be a bad omen. Well, here we are. Uh, well, if if, if Toby McGuire's coming back, that's the true indicator of end of days. Kristen right? Dunst, another Mary Jane, back. Possibly Emma Stone back. And so, so and... So it's a super stuffed, bloated mess of multiversal, a bunch of fan service. Oh, look, it's the other thing I remember or my dad liked or whatever. And then, just to cap it off, supposedly they're going to introduce Daredevil in it. And that's the part that really steamed me. Because Daredevil needs either his own movie in Marvel or he needs to be paired with someone else in a way that makes sense and make it... He's not going to fit with freaking Spider-Man. It doesn't make any sense. The Spider-Man Daredevil concept in the comics does not exist in the Marvel MCU. It just doesn't work. He doesn't have that relationship. It's not the same character. It's not going to be the same um, dynamic as it would have been in the 616 style. It's not the right fit. And especially not to shove him in with 30 other people. Right? Yeah. Uh, Sony sucks. They make a good video game system. You can yeah. send me stuff if you want. Yeah, but, son of a bitch. I think somebody has I think somebody has delusions that they're the Russo brothers and they're going to try and cram the arc of yeah. five movies into one. I'm sorry. I feel like I took all of this week's good news and threw it on the rocks and gave you something disappointing yeah, to I, hear. It's Cooey. It's Cooey. <laughs> Throw whatever bad news you want. It's <laughs> Sony. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I actually did waste it. Even though I told you last time I wouldn't do it again, I did waste a good hour today trying to get another get a console because GameSpot and a few others got some. And I got in the cart processing order twice. Sorry, and man. Then, and then uh, it just hung, and then it said, there's a problem with your order. Your cart's empty. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. As my, as my PlayStation continues to artifact the shit out of everything. And... You, were, uh, you were hacked by QAnon. I think so. I think that I, <laughs> it's very possible QAnon is in my house right now. So on the DC side of things, um, Wonder Woman 3 was greenlit, even as Wonder Woman 2 has famously... Uh, not performing the way they hoped, and we will be talking about that in the future very soon. Um, I just wonder. Apparently, it's still considered a success. And I don't know under what metric that is measured. Because they're not making money on it. They didn't get new subscriptions. And the fan and critical reviews have been poor. But yet, they... Because it came out. We released it. Yeah. Well, but... But wait, I thought HBO Max viewership went up when I came out. Oh, it might have. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Yeah. I thought I thought HBO Max saw a spike, and that's probably why they're considering it a success. Whole bunch yeah. of Christmas subscriptions. Yep. Well, <laughs> with um, the Christmas prescriptions. That's right. Yo. Well, so let's pop some Xanax and watch Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and then while you're while you're watching Wonder Woman eighty four, and then you need a, a moment for your eyes to make the migraine go away, and you think maybe I just need to refocus myself a little bit, and I will appreciate the movie if I take a short break. And you look at your phone, you see news that um, no, uh, Warner Brothers uh, completed their allegation research into Joss Whedon and concluded everything's fine. So Ray Fisher said, "Fuck you, I'm out," and jumped out, and so now they've written Cyborg out of the DCEU. So, yeah, they're just firing on all cylinders right now. That one is actually more uh, frustrating to me. That's ridiculous. I just... I, I don't know. Anyway, it just really frustrated me. It sounds, um, kind of like, it sounds kind of like a Boyega moment. It really does. It really does. 
But again, the WB doesn't want you to think that they're down and out and or to worry about them or to feel like that they're uh, maybe rethinking their strategy because they've tripled down. They said, to hell with that. They're going to release four DC films in a the theater and two on HBO Max every year. Oh, good. Long? Yay. Because you've been long? freaking rocking that out. I mean... <laughs> they clogged the toilet, so they're like... <laughs> I can't I wait. Mean, to double down. At some point, is Warner going to lose the license? Like, is it possible for them to fuck up so badly that they can't make movies anymore? <laughs> See, that would be interesting if there's some some international body took away movie making from WB. They own DC, so that's not going to happen. But I like the idea that a tribunal, the United Nations Just, tribunal, like, gets together. Say, and says, no, yeah. you're done. The Security Council of the UN taking it away. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes, two yes. decades, two decades to, to go to your room and think about what you've done. <laughs> Top of the agenda. <laughs> go work for Marvel. Go work for Marvel, intern at Marvel, and then come back. Yeah, yeah go yeah, intern, UN, figure out how to make a movie. You, yeah. you, you, UN, UN soldiers are smashing red cameras, you know, like, you know. At least they're not doing a subcontract with George Lucas. Yet. The only, the I, would only see, I would love to see Green Jar Jar. Wouldn't that be that would be fantastic? Uh, Ewok superheroes. That's what the world needs. Yup, 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 so, yup. I do have one. And, and Teen Titans is going to be coming too, right? There's going to be a live action Teen Titans. That's in. Oh, he's. Oh no! Listen, segue. Talk, talk about it. Mike. Oh, dude, no! The old Titans, the show that used to be behind a freaking paywall. Solid. Solid it's called, show. It's called, it's called Titans. Titans. Right? Yeah. And what and what is it on now? What what channel is it on? HBO Max. Oh, HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. And and so do you watch two seasons of it? Yeah, it's two seasons. I have two episodes left of season two. It totally falls Ruby, apart. Ruby likes it. Like oh, really? we both watch it. She was just like, look, hmm. I don't. I mean, I'll watch it because you love this thing. But I'm and like now she's just like, you cannot watch this without me. <laughs> like because... it is a very, very solidly like it's. It, okay, you know my feelings about Jason Todd. You understand uh-huh. how I feel about this character. He was dead. Leave his ass dead. I'm right. fine with this. Right. I liked that story. It was cool. This show has brought a Jason Todd where I'm like, I see what he could have been. Like, I get it. Uh-huh. I get why this character is intriguing. And it's it's kind of cool. And they're telling a whole bunch of old Titan, like the original Titan team stories, like the Teen Titan stories. Yeah. With, with new twists in them, like Deathstroke shows up, and there's some really fun stuff happening. And by fun, I mean horribly violent and dark, um, mm. but good. But good, like Jericho shows up, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're gonna tell me a Jericho story? What?" That's a that's a little bit of a loaded background. Yeah, to bring into that show <laughs> a little. <laughs> Please um, tell me someone was holding someone like this, right? Yeah. I'm glad right? I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I stayed night because I thought the only Teen Titans uh, were the animated ones that I watched with Ren. So I'm glad I found out that this actually. Exists. I really like the yeah. Teen Titans. In, in small doses, I like Teen Titans Go. When he watches I, I like both six the of them at shows. once, when he watches yeah. them six in a row, I start to get yeah. um, I start I to have seizures. But yeah. but in smaller are... doses, I really like it. And the, the one uh... and the one where all the other Titans show up. I oh guess my god, that movie. looks so good. <laughs> and, and, so and you get and you get the the, the insecurities about the real the, the anime type or the you know the yeah 
the the normal version Titans, and then uh, and then they've remember at one point they throw them in and they've got the Super Friends running of all of them. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's a thing that happens. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, so there's there's also a cartoon for Young Justice, which is yeah. really good. Yeah, um, I like that. It's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I would recommend Titans. Uh, the guy that cast the the casting is really good. The guy they got for Gar. Hands down is Beast Boy. It's amazing. Really? And the girl for Raven is perfect. And Starfire is fucking gorgeous. She's beautiful. And that's beautiful. the one I was the least and interested in based on the... I told you that She's before. really good. I'm not sure and about it. But. Like, I, as all things, I'm going to be like, mm, I don't know about your Dick Grayson. And this guy sells it. Like, I I am in with this Dick Grayson. And Ruby's like, we were sitting on the couch and she had me pause it. She said, you know... Never found Dick Grayson sexy. Never really liked say. that character. <laughs> and now, now I kind of get it. I was just like, I was I know, wondering right? how much he passed the freeze frame butt butt test. I know, right? In your house. <laughs> you know. I know Grayson you guys butt. do that. Oh yeah. my god! Wait, wait. Ruby got me this sticker. One second. I'll see if I can show it to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Dick Grayson butt, famous. <laughs> but does he have nipples? Yeah, no, he has bat nipples. I know. They don't produce. They don't lactate. They just emit courage and confidence. And possibly guano. Did you say courage and competence? <laughs> or confidence. I like confidence now, but even better. Confidence. My nipples I'm ooze sure confidence. I'm like it hit me in the head. <laughs> well, I have one more DC item. Um, okay. And thanks for that. Um, another amazing micro-review of Titans. For our feature. But um, there was one thing that DC did right, which is wrong. Actually, they did wrong, but could have been right. Uh, Zack Snyder shared a photo that he had oh, yeah. made, an old-timey photo showing Wonder Woman involved in the Crimean War in the 1850s. And she's got, like, three heads on a rope, and there's this whole gaggle of international people behind her, sort of like... Samurai. One thing, there's a samurai in there. There's all kinds of... and And, you know, who knows where that story was? And it sounds like it was something abandoned when they decided to move forward and make the World War One story and do the same sort of thing with the snapshot of her with them, you know, that Bruce Wayne emailed her or whatever it was with the cute little handwritten card and then the little folders that have the logos. Remember that? Anyway, the point is, whatever that was, the little touches matter the most. Those little personal yes, things. they do. Is this you? Question mark. I you came is this with what you. I'm seeing? Question mark. Bruce, is this you, Bruce, you drove her here, Bruce. Yeah, is this is this you? Question mark. Um, it's not you. It's me. Am I dreaming? So the so anyway, my point though is that's the Wonder Woman sequel I would have now wished that we got is a prequel where she goes back and she was fighting in the Crimean War. In a way, if they could find a way to make that more, it's got to be more interesting. And if they could find a way to make it so they couldn't tell the story based on how Wonder Woman one was set up because that was her first foray into into the into the into the world but um if there was any way that, that we could have gotten that in somehow i would have wanted to see more of that i just want to see her swinging around in the 1850s time travel maybe I infinity go, stones i want them to go full full force and just go with wonder woman dead earth which is <laughs> a yeah. rough ass story and solid as hell that could be good you know, there's hope with Wonder Woman 3. At this point, they might say, we can't let you play with any of these tools anymore. Just eh. end game, right? Or I, I guess end times, right? Yeah. 
So, yeah. uh, how about a, a few bits of Star Wars news quickly? Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Mandalorian season two's back half. What's um, a Mandalorian? The Mandalorian. Is that is that is that the car that um, that goes back in time? That is. No. No. <laughs> God damn it! Yes, and you only yes and me. <laughs> no, it's not. Sorry, Thank go ahead, Tom. Apologize. But you I, know, the, you, know the song, Vet, you know the song Vet. You know the song Vet. Vet's Vet, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm Boba the Vet. <laughs> yeah, because you sent me right into the lyrics right now when you said that. But it's, I mean, the show. I need help from Jabba the Hutt to finance my vet. <laughs> yep. So, because um, he's a DeLorean in that song, too. Well, anyway, so th- one of the things, and we'll talk about this, but there was some questions about, um, you know, okay, so we're kind of going in reverse order here. But anyway, we're going to talk about this, but, uh, you know, there's the Book of Boba Fett and what's going to happen with yep. this. And there were some big concerns about, did they just, are they going to change the Mandalorian into this other story? And then they confirmed, actually, it's not. It's a separate story, but they're going to stagger it sort of like the way HBO was doing Westworld and... Uh, Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. the next one would be Book of Boba Fett. Then the next one will go back to Mandalorian for season three. Mm-hmm. So that's good news as far as I'm concerned. Because I want my old timey, <laughs> old west, nomadic both uh, Mandalorian again. And that's, Except that's it's going to be 2022. Yeah. Because the, the, the Book of Fett is the slated yeah. run up to 21, right? So right. it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time, which is maybe gives it some breathing room because oh. they have those other projects. But I, I will say there was an interesting crossover moment for me uh, with uh, uh, Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman mm-hmm. eighty four, yeah. and that 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 was very strange for me to see him in that role after, yeah, everything else. It was it was kind of a cognitive fracture. Well, indeed, especially when especially when they work so hard to make you work so hard to make someone who's charismatic make you feel uncomfortable yet tell you in the story that they're supposed to be charismatic. So there's a lot. Right. <laughs> but they did that. They did that in both movies. <laughs> yes, they did. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, so they released the High Republic stuff uh, last week or so, and this mm-hmm. was the series of prequel, prequel to prequel Star Wars stuff set several hundred years in some glory days in the continuity, and it's going to be cartoons and comics and video games, but supposedly no movies yet. Uh, and all I really wanted to know was, are they going to blow it as they often do, just as they did with the prequels, in my view, largely? Are they going to blow it in world building by trying to uh, rear view design and then make it actually look like that's something that could have been 500 years earlier? And they, I think they blew it. I mean, it's all good designers, good industrial designers. It's good pedigree, but the ships and the character designs and stuff, they look so derivative of prequel. They look like they could be 50 years or 40 years before the prequels, not 500 years before the prequels. And they had so much opportunity to go in wildly different directions because who knows how the influences are in space culture and whatever else. They could have done some different things, and they did not do that. Yeah, I mean, they they could have taken a page of Dark Dark Horse's books because Dark Horse ship design for those old Sith and... You know, Tales of the Jedi Knight were really solid. Like, they looked old. They looked yeah. less refined. They were not smooth or sleek. They were, you know, there was a nice asymmetry to a number of them. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, if you look at it in terms of 
So our, you know, Earth, if you're looking at looking at design in Earth culture, right? Most of those cultures were separated. They're monocultures until trade and colonization and war and stuff start to fuse them. But they developed the way they developed in a very um, maybe fast pace for our people, but still pretty slowly. The galactic culture of Star Wars, everyone's in everybody else's business, and they have been for thousands of years. Yeah, There are yeah. cultures, the Mandalorian culture was 1,500 years old and whatever else, and so you've got 500 years in, in any direction. You've got generations of influence and evolution yeah. in design, right? So to go 500 years back in a stellar, some sort of galactic uh, civilization, you could have, I mean, it could look nothing like what you're used to. Yeah. You could have the very hint of things that would lead to in the way that an arrowhead becomes a missile, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not what we got. We basically just got some... I haven't, I haven't looked at any of the design stuff. Uh, it doesn't... Yeah, blah, blah, blah. No. Um, but, but I don't understand why that would be so surprising in the Star Wars. It's not. It's because the episodes one through three, the starships were so much more superior than four, five, six. And they said, okay, it's a decline and the chaos and the decay and everything else. But it uh, maybe they're going to go with the trope that it was better in the good old days. And well, that's not the problem, though. What I'm saying is it's not that the ships are – it's not the Star Trek problem where they go back as we go, as we move forward in production time. The yeah. shit gets better and better and better despite going backwards in continuity time. This right. is – they went back 500 years, but they designed stuff that looks like it's 40 years before the prequels. Okay. It does not look different. It just looks like retreads of the same stuff. And that seems like a misfire to me when they had so much opportunity to create yep. something very different. Well, as long as they keep the throat lozenge uh, medals for the ranks of the Imperial side, that's all that matters. That's right. That's right. Um, agreed. Uh, you know, Tamura Morrison is rumored to be in the Obi-Wan series. Which, cool. you know, which, which seems like that could be a Rex thing. Could be or Cody. Could be other clones. Could be yeah. Cody. That's right. Actually, you're right. It's more likely to be Commander. Because imagine this: when they brought him back, and he was really cagey about his involvement. Like, yeah, I got to play. Oh, I got to play Boba Fett once, and it was great. That's cool. And then, uh, you, then you find out he's got a whole new series coming out. Yeah. And and you know there and and we got the Ahsoka series coming out. So you're thinking, oh, okay, so maybe he's going to be. Right? Maybe he's gonna maybe yeah. he's gonna be Rex in that. Maybe he's Cody and Obi Wan. Maybe yeah. we're gonna be maybe, maybe we're, we're gonna, gonna be get clones. Uh, raining clones. clones. It's gonna be. I mean, because it's not like it's not like you know the the dude who's running the series didn't freaking have a really good time writing clones. I'm telling you, and 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 thanks to the Clone Wars cartoon, they're actually really compelling stories. So yep, I th- I think it's great. I just think it's great, and I really like that actor too. So I'm stoked. Yeah, um, I don't get the sense that he's going to be doing a lot of Aquaman, uh, Aquaman acting in the near future. So I'm glad that he's got this. Remember, he was Aquaman's yeah. daddy. Yeah, yeah, he was Aquaman's um, daddy. It's true. Um, speaking of deep fakes, uh, did you see the footage of uh, where someone did a deep fake of Mark Hamill instead of what they ended up doing in Mandalorian? Did you see yeah. how different it looked? It's amazing. So deepfake has like 99% terrible effects in, on society and 1% awesome effect on an alternative to de-aging mm-hmm. and CGIing Star Wars characters because 
the deep fake of Mark Hamill in Mandalorian looks good. It looks, it fixes everything that was a little bit like ooh, 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 about what they did that we're going to talk about, which we haven't talked about yet. Acolytes, a Disney series uh, that they announced in their big bomb on, on de- in December, that just gained a producer from Star Wars Rebels. And that's a really good sign because Rebels had some really good things to say and I think it was a success for it them. Did. So I'm happy about that. Um, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Feige has a Star Wars movie that they that he talked about, but they never expanded upon in all their recent stuff, so it's pretty far out. But it came out, I think, just today that Michael Waldron was tapped to uh, write it. And he is the one who wrote Loki Season 1 and a few other things. So it sounds like he's very good, and that's that makes me hopeful because you can't have a good Star Wars project if you have a shitty, shitty writer or a shitty writer's room. Um, you have no hope. So maybe that's a good sign. And now for a casually inserted commercial for the buying of products. Listen, between you and me, it's been some trying times. We're not supposed to go out. We're not supposed to do anything. We're not supposed to see anyone. We got to stay in quarantine. It's very important. It's for everybody's safety, but it's hard to get your shopping done when you can't go anywhere and look for cool things. I know this. Well, the internet tells us you're supposed to uh, spend all your money at Black Friday and all kinds of big box things like TV sets and camcorders and and, and 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 Peloton systems and whatnot. But I have an alternative for you in the small press uh, spirit. How about this? Go to wrongrocket.com. You may recognize Wrong Rocket as one of the hosts of this fine podcast. Go to wrongrocket.com and look for some art prints. There's some sweet art there. You can find art art prints in three sizes. You can find them in the poster size, you can find them in 11 by 17, and even in a postcard format. All kinds of stuff. You like your Pokemons, you like your Star Wars, you like your Marvel, your DC, your Masters of the Universe. I mean, name something that's not on there. I mean, you you probably would find a lot that's not on there because most of my inventory is not back online yet after the convention season's collapsed. But just pretend. Pretend there are thousands upon thousands of choices there for you to choose from. But seriously, go to wrongrocket.com. Find some cool art. Uh, makes great gifts for your friends and for your family. Get it all done from the comfort of your home or your basement or what have you. And, you know, if you've seen me at the show and there's something you were looking for but you never grabbed and it's not on the site, just send me a note. I have it. I just don't have it on there. And I'll make sure I can get it to you. Okay? So wrongrocket.com for all of your sweet, sweet shopping needs. And check this out. Just use the code ROBOTKRAKEN for 20% off your entire order. 20%! I know, it's an outrage, but do it. It's going to be great. Back to our regularly scheduled program. talk about Mandalorian season two the back half the last time we talked a few months ago we covered the first half of the season which was the introduction of the Boba it's Fett really armor. hard to tell because he wears the cape the entire time so I I'm know. sure his back half looks good uh, yeah. freeze, fra- freeze frame butts right um yeah much like a lot of other things during the pandemic it's hard to just it's just hard to fathom that this whole season was one season 
and that we actually only started watching it in October 30th <laughs> because it feels like it's been a year since season two started uh, with the, you know, the, the whole thing with Cobb Vanth and introducing the reality that Boba Fett's there and leading all the way to, I think the last time we had talked, um, it was the, uh, the uh, head, heading off, it was the whole reveal of Bo-Katan and everybody and heading off to find a Jedi that's going to help him find someone to give the child to, right? So the next episode that we hadn't talked about was called The Jedi, which I suppose could mean she's the is a reference to what she says at the end of the episode. Yeah. It certainly can't reference her, right. but it is the big reveal of what uh, a lot of people, including me, were looking forward to, which was the live-action launch of Ahsoka. And the long-rumored and finally revealed you know, realization of, of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. So, so what good. do you think? Tremendous. So good. Yeah. She so good. did an amazing job. The whole episode was structured with such an, such a great narrative. I thought I loved the, it was a very Ronin. Story. Oh, the siege of the castle. Very you Kurosawa. Got the, you got the garden. <laughs> very. Yeah. You got the garden. With the magistrate yeah. in the garden, that whole yeah. sequence with the then with the with with and then the reveal of Michael Bean, I didn't even remember that he had been cast this season. I totally forgot about that. I, it, it was, was a complete great. surprise to me. I was like, "Oh, that's that's really good. That's an amazing <laughs> role for that for that man." I watched that episode three times. But, but you, get, you get Timothy Oliphant and Michael Bean, yeah, in, <laughs> in the same show for the same season, and it's just yeah. Check out these gunslingers. <laughs> I mean, but that's it. That's it. That's in, exactly it, right? Yeah. By the previous episode, we had Timothy Oliphant and Cobb Vanth. We had the reintroduction of Boba Fett. We had the 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 story, the thing story, right? Like being in the cave and being isolated, mm-hmm. the aliens thing kind of thing. We had the Bo-Katan well, very, thing. Well, it's like a very specific aliens, though. Yes. A very direct reference to Rebels. Force aliens. Right. Yeah. Force aliens, right? Yeah. Um, Something that Grogu wanted to eat. Yep. Right. Well, egg, egg eating. We had we had Moff Gideon back. We had Bo-Katan finally realized with Katie Sackhoff, which was absolutely amazing. We had like, the reveal took off her of helmet. All... I was just like, oh, that's, that is Bo-Katan. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. That is pleasing to me. That is pleasing to me. The amazing, the way they did that in the story with him to be, as they shifted our perspective on him as, oh, he's raised by cultists. Yeah. Like, I love that we saw the entire first season and a third, and we're watching the, you know, the splinter group the entire time thinking that's just what has happened to that society. Amazing. I I loved when he he was like, I'm I'm a real Mandalorian. She's like, motherfucker. I'm the next in line. <laughs> like, and are you talk kidding about, me? I'm a Mandalorian. I don't and know talk what about the hell for, you are. And talk about foreshadowing, right? Exactly. Yeah. The foreshadowing and, and in a lot of ways. Right? Yeah. In yeah. a lot of very important ways. Yeah. I also just find it an interesting uh, plot thread that every time he gets sent off to look for something that's essential for him, he ends up with a fake at the beginning, and he's got to go through it to get to the real thing. Yeah, right. And yeah. with the gang sent to find other Mandalorians. Well, no. He has to go plus one. Right. And then yeah. here, yeah. here go yeah. for a Jedi. No. Plus one. Yeah. And it's uh he's a very patient dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but and he's and he has he has patience and perseverance 
and he doesn't he's seem to be overly actor. discouraged. He's a paladin. A hundred percent a paladin. Totally yeah. a paladin. A paladin. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Well, in this episode, I mean, yes, you called it on the Kurosawa stuff, but I mean, I just... Everything about this was great. And also, they brought in the HK-47 droids, which is something mm-hmm. from the from the, from the games, right? Um, I yeah. think it's from the video games. Well, um, you mean the one with the long nose? It was That was also one of the torture droids from... Uh, no, 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 the... Uh-uh. The ones that were on the the ones that were climbing the roof and stuff, right? Oh no, HK those 47s. are 47s. My bad, you're right. No, those are the assassin droids. Yeah, no, those are just yeah. from not assassin droids. Um, they're like the advanced trooper. They're freaking Grievous's jackals, little rats. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was a Boston Dynamics product, but I mean, it's, it feels like it. I can dance now, so who knows. <laughs> I loved the how they skate. I loved how they moved and acted. I loved how they scaled yeah. the, the walls. I love that they were sliding on the tiles and everything. Yeah, it I loved had... how busted they were. How it was obvious they were freaking old droids that had been repurposed. Yeah, absolutely. They originally so... they were originally they originally appeared in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and then they were modernized in uh, in the Galactic War. Yes, as HK fifty one yeah. droids, right? Yeah. Um, I think um, I, I thought they were really great, and they were really fun to see because they were a reminder of another level. Because I love droid design in Star Wars, this was a great, another great insertion into this, into the um, selection set between the awkward, kludgy, clumsy type of droid, Grumble Grumble, that we're going to see soon, and the very. Uh, anthropomorphic stuff that you see in things like the protocol droids and stuff. Yeah. But also uh, K2SO was like this great insertion that was in like two thirds in, right? Like it was, he was very functional looking and powerful and kind of dangerous, but also had an incredible um, naturalness to how he walked and moved, which I, I really, was, really, really loved. I always felt he was a very, a very interesting nod to a golem. Like there's something yeah. golem like about, about K2SO. I think that's a, I think that's a great analogy. And you know, there's um, and there's it's funny with all the hope people have these hopes like oh somehow they'll pull shit together and what's her name keeps saying yeah I'll do a sequel, which I think she's having fun with it and then people take it really seriously and they're like oh she she's atomized it's not possible but one of the things I read that was kind of funny to me was someone was like well you know he did have a moment with another another tactical droid maybe inserted his his memory his sentience into that one I'm like yeah but they're all still melted so yeah yeah they all did (laughs) they did yeah um. But, uh, but I like that they were so. It's not like they were perfect in any way, but they were no. agile. They moved fast. They looked cool, um, and it was such a weird counterpoint to just an episode or two ahead. No, the next episode, when we get the supposed pinnacle of their next generation technology, and it was worse. But, but don't talk about that yet, because we got to go I'm, off on. But uh, okay. But what I really enjoyed about the episode was Ashoka, and all oh, the yeah. art that they did. And just the badass self that came out. Now that I'm glad that I watch um, Clone Wars, thank you. Yeah. Did um, you see Rebels yet, all the way? Yes. Okay. And so, yeah. So, but I really thought that they did a wonderful job because sometimes the Jedi's are portrayed like not really badasses, or yeah. or, or ex Jedi not really badasses that they yeah. live by the code and everything. But Ashoka just ripped it up, and yeah. uh, and I thought they did a really to me, that was the most exciting part of the episode is to her introduction, what she did and how she left it. Oh, yeah. 
because it, it was very open-ended. She's going to go her own way, and it just sets things up great. And I love the final battle scene, kind of like a Kill Bill throwback. Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, pretty little blonde girl that could play with samurai swords. And it was uh, it was amazing. I thought yeah, that absolutely. was really, really great. And I, uh, yeah, my my favorite, like I love I loved every this episode was amazing. But I liked the direct the direct line you can draw from Rebels to this point, mm-hmm. where like she grabs her and goes, "Where's Thrawn?" And I'm like, "Oh, Ezra's coming back!" <laughs> like, I mean, it, I can't wait that, to see what Ezra great. looks like. That was but great. That, yeah, but that was how you do. That's how you do backdoor pilots the right way. Yeah. Yeah, you don't agreed. do, for example, I, I was getting a little bit of, um, by the end of this season, I was feeling a little bit of the, as I mentioned earlier, like I want to see more of the, going back to the, the the nomadic lone wolf and cub or the nomadic sort of just wandering old West noir stuff in this show. They spent a lot of time in season two setting up these connections to these bigger things, but they've done it in a pretty good way in the sense that the you know he's he's built a cast of characters his crew over the previous season that he's brought back to help on a couple of missions but then yeah. they disband again it's sort of like a video game mission or a role playing session mm-hmm. but on all these ones in season 2 he meets them has an adventure with them and then and then they're off meets them has an adventure and then they're off until something comes back that's important and then they, and they come and back and then there's right. an arc what i yeah. liked about Ahsoka was it wasn't she didn't turn around and say hey there's thrawn there's this whole situation and exposition and we got to go do this thing and i need you to come with me and blah 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 it was she said that and that's all we got and that's all we needed right we're like okay pin drop (laughs) we know where that's going so you know that worked for me it is interesting that uh she didn't give up more information about yoda yes right that was that was curious that she she really didn't divulge her experiences with another one of that species that was very influential in her life, to say the least. Well, um, but okay, so there's something there. I think that's in. What I think is fascinating is that in the, in the cartoon and in some of the movie sequences, prequel stuff because it doesn't apply in the in the original s- series. When the Jedi were a thing, in the cartoons they occasionally talked to humans, not humans, non-Jedi. But they didn't go into they didn't go much into the story of the Jedi, any of their own personal business. Right. They were like they treated it was like they're monks and they were like warrior monks. And they didn't sit around and talk about sharing a bunch of stuff with people who weren't in the order. And I think that um, and then, of course, after the fall and then rise of the Empire, they're especially reclusive. So to me, the fact that she was begrudgingly acknowledging Grogu and talking with him and going through what she did, and then gave him some information and sent him on his way. It was interesting, but it didn't surprise me that she didn't give more information, because to me, that would be talking to the audience and not talking to this guy. I didn't see... Sure. I didn't see... I see her as having a certain amount of elitist... Not elitist, but... Her whole but, world... But, but, she's but post-Jedi. Are, but monks are elitist. Yes, but she's post-Jedi. She's they, like, they, this is a whole other world. world. Yeah. They have their own society, their own thing, right. and if you don't know it, you're right. not in. But right. it is interesting that there are Jedi that did not exhibit that same tendency. Mace Windu. They're dead. Right? <laughs> well, no, they're, they're dead, right? But um, there were some that are a little more extrovert. But you're, you're, you're right, because in the, the last episode that we'll talk about, there's a scene that I was staggered by the lack of any script. Right. Right. No. That it, yeah. it, right. Right. And uh, it was... That was interesting in and of itself. 
But I think I think I should quickly realize that they were on their own path. She couldn't interfere with it. She had to still continue on her path. And this was just like intersection go. Well, but I also thought it was very, I thought it was very, so I, first of all, okay, going back to the thing you said about how it was really nice having seen the Clone Wars and everything to, and Rebels to see what they finally do with her because of when they introduced her in the timeline and because of what happened to her between then. I liked that we got to see a lot of this character when she was formative, when she was young, when she was a Padawan, when she was earnest, when she was heartbroken and and had the despair of being betrayed by the ideals that she thought by the institution, right? And then by the religion, striking by the religion, striking off on her own and, and re- having the realization that she was just as powerful and and was basically had a different form of enlightenment than all the, the, the being a Jedi isn't necessarily a good thing anymore to her. Structure it doesn't, doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean strength. Right. Dogma dogma out. And so I like that by the time we finally got a live action Ahsoka, she was peak Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Right? And I really enjoyed how she cared. I liked how Rosaria Dawson carried herself. She sold me as a not just because of the similarities in the face structure to the cartoon and all that, but like she sold me on the character very early into it without even having to do a lot of dialogue. Like, I just yeah, decided, I was like, that's it. She's inhabited the virtual skin of that character. Totally. Forever. Just like totally. Katie Sackhoff has, right? So yes. yes. It made that transition a little, a lot easier. And, but, and uh, I also, go ahead. No, I was just going to, I was just going to have another little moment to appreciate this series because you could, you could easily see how it could be written only for the fanboys that if you didn't have right. that depth or richness of experience, you wouldn't know Ashoka's backstory, but it's not necessary to understand her arc in this episode in the point totally. she played. Right. And I thought that's brilliant as well. And also you're talking about this wild West gunslinger thing. That was what episode four, a new hope was all about. Right. Right. It was all wild West uh, set in the stars. And um, finally, my last point is that John Favreau has assembled an amazing cast of directors. Absolutely. That, oh, that, right. That give their different flavor onto the episode, but it still stays true to that overall arc. And I like I, I that you feel that, that, that flavor when you it. watch it. I yeah. like that you get that sense as you watch it, and then when you rewatch it, you see it more. And then you watch the Disney Gallery and you listen to them talk about it, and then mm-hmm. you go watch it again, or whatever, and then you really see it, right? Yeah. Uh, it, and I it love, gives I love it an the end. Talk about it. The, uh, yeah. Talk about his, his process for it. It was, yeah, it's really remarkable how they pulled this off yeah i feel i feel like it has the strengths of an anthology without the weaknesses of an anthology right you get the different voices without the the weakness of oh a new cast a new story a new concept every single time right different people playing with the same tools very consistently well uh integrated and i think i think that was one of the, the the reasons why i love rogue one so much yeah that they had the space that they knew the connective tissue, but within that envelope, they could do whatever they wanted to. And yeah. I think uh, they've done the same thing with the Mandalorian. And and actually, they've been much more connected to the the whole saga, right? Right. Uh, and it didn't crush on. It hasn't crushed under its own weight yet, like JJ suffered. I agree. I agree. The last thing I'll say about um, the Jedi was that the lead up to each of their battles the long drawn out preparation uh 
you know, it's like playing Ghost of Tsushima, right? Without the run, yep. and, run and first strike attack mode, right? Yep. Like, I love that there was so much more tension in the actual preparing to start the encounter than the actual encounter. And then when it actually happened, yeah, you know, it's kind of short and sweet. I really enjoyed how they were so different, the two battles between them. Yeah. Um, and I loved how and, Michael Bean played it. Oh, yeah, and, and they're both it. very believable, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I totally bought the way his character did that. You totally, I mean, you say it's all him, right? His eyes. It just, you totally saw that, right? Um, and I really like that final battle between her and the magistrate with the uh, Beskar spear. Um, yep. I didn't yet realize, because we didn't know <laughs> that we were going to see a massive um, lightning of the equipment load, <laughs> a de-encumbrance effect on <laughs> the Mandalorian in the episodes to come. I didn't I didn't appreciate that the Beskar spear... Huh? Heartbreaking. That ship, that I ship was freaking a character, and you just killed I it. I didn't know. I just assumed it was going to be another thing to melt down. I had no idea that we were going to see, um, you know, Beskar spearing quite a bit more. But anyway, what is I mean, fucking that, amazing? Episode. I mean, that ship, the, the, it, its time had come and gone. <laughs> I know, I know. Not, I mean, we got to see it super wrecked and then duct tape right. back together. I get it. It's just she was yeah, pretty. She but was that was what was ship. so. But that is actually what was so fun about it. The Razor Crest took the Millennium Falcon's duct tape and and rubber bands concept to the nth degree because he oh, yeah. put it back together yeah. <laughs> from the Jawas <laughs> and a crash twice, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so then we get so we get into wait, the wait, next wait, wait. Sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, before we leave Ashoka, um, if if Trace shows up, I really want it to be, I really want her to be played by freaking Janelle Monet, but I know she won't. Uh, that's like in my head when I see Trace on the screen. I'm like, that looks just like Janelle Monet. <laughs> I can see that. So, I can see that. Okay, moving on. Sorry. Next episode. Right. Well, the next episode was the tragedy, and this is the one where there was a lot of fanboy exuberance about this episode. Online, a lot of excitement. Even the reviewers, like the mainstream reviewers that were writing articles for publications like Variety or Newsweek or whatever. We're getting all excited about this, and so Apple News would start TMZ. bursting on saying, "Here's what what TMZ TMZ no, but you know the non the mainstream entertainment columns, not yeah. just the the nerd sites. Everything was all about, hey, you know, stock trader guy. Do you remember how you love Boba Fett? He's back, and it was all about, well, this is the big Boba Fett episode, and look, he's finally back. Everything's great. He's got a paunch and a row, but he's still awesome." And there, all this this attention was played on this episode, and I actually thought it was the weakest of the season, personally. What do you think? I thought they they it kind of felt like we have to do this, otherwise nothing that comes next will work. But it didn't work. They made a big deal about how Robert it's Robert Rodriguez. Oh my God, he's the master of action. Um, sometimes. Also, well, he does Spy Girl, Kids, and, and he does Spy Kids a lot. Yeah, and Lava Girl, right? Um, when when we were heroes. So, you know, he has had the ability to make some really interesting camera choices and action sequences. But he's also done years and years and years of kids' movies, and I don't know exactly what to attribute to this. He also came on very late. I know he was a replacement for someone else, but when you when you break that episode out... It made no sense, and it very easily could have been a linear story that would have been visually 
understandable. And it could have been a defend the rampart against the force that's coming up, and they're picking off people that are coming up the walls, and there's stormtroopers out the ass, and they've got to hold them off as long as possible. But instead, they went down the cliffside in in Joshua Tree or wherever the hell it is in Southern California, and then Joshua. they had yeah they had a couple a couple of a, a couple of, uh, of carriers of stormtroopers came out that kept repeating on themselves and regrowing, and they kept circling them. And then they kept doing things that made no sense tactically. And it was well, always like a video game where the characters were just, you have to kill this many stormtroopers. So I, uh, I just didn't understand. The, the tactics are important because I just understand what the hell they were thinking. The, the Mandalorian is supposedly this great military thinker, a great warrior, everything else. Boba Fett's no slouch either. Uh, they gave ben up the high the ground advantage. They gave up the high ground advantage like five times. And, and they don't talk about the high value target. They gave up the high value target all the time. Like Ben came down ground. from the high ground. She came down from her perch. Right. But to do stay at the high ground hand -hand and defend combat. the value targets. Defend the high value target. You don't leave. Yep. That's what I'm mean, saying. Why that's why the hell weren't they why weren't they just firing firing through slits in the top of that you know rampart defense? Why did they go down halfway down the hillside? And then how did the stormtroopers get around them in the first place? And when they did get around them, why did they keep fighting them? And then how did they multiply? They just they just kept regenerating. Like, they would respawn. None of it made sense, and I was so disappointed when I realized partway in that it was Robert Rodriguez's episode. Because I was like, you have no excuse for this. But they, they keep the troopers in a Pez dispenser, and they just keep... That's right. That's right. Coming out, right? And uh, yeah. I, I just didn't understand. It didn't... the, the the episode didn't hold up logically. I the actions were separate from the situation they faced, and the and the story, the plot of the episode also was not written well. When Grogu has he's on the stone. First of all, I could have just thrown a refreshing beverage out the window when I saw him go into a yoga pose. I mean, give me a fucking break. But also. So then they create a force bubble that makes a little force bubble around him, and the Mandalorian tries to push in and gets knocked back. So this is a guy that's smart enough, even under stress, to know, well, maybe I should do the same thing two and three and four times and expect different results. It didn't make sense. He never once tried to go in slow. He didn't do it. There's technology, known technology in that world that is, uh, that is uh, um, you know, kinetic energy based in resistance. He never even tried anything. He just kept pushing harder and harder against it, getting knocked back and going, huh, try again. Like it didn't it didn't even make sense for his character that he would be that stupid. Mike, do you oh, agree? And then why and then why leave Grogu yeah. defenseless? Yeah, right. right. I can't break the bubble. I better go down mid hill and find where I left my jetpack. <laughs> right. It's like it's like a so there's an interesting meme that I don't know if you guys have seen that the Mandalorian must be from Florida. Because he's a single dad and he has to give his kid up to everybody and say, hold my beer, I'll be right back. i got to go fight. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Jacksonville way. Yes. Um, but it just, it, it just doesn't make any sense for the character's motivation that he's so concerned about safety of Grogu that he then abandons him to go out and do this stuff and leave him vulnerable. It just There's doesn't... no way, looking at the rest of this series, there's no way that you could see him do anything except... He puts him on the rock, and then he sees the ship come in out of orbit. 
that he wouldn't stand right in front of that fucking bubble and stand right there right. and not move. He never would have moved from that position. He didn't even, it wasn't even the pretense of, I'll draw their fire. Because that was bullshit too, because he knew that that was the target. Well, and they would have had a better position picking them off in crossfires, uh-huh. triangulated out. It's just, uh-huh, ooh. uh-huh. A single, a single perch point. I know. Um, and then, so the only thing I would it's say... Like nobody watched 300. It's like nobody watched 300. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the other thing that really bothered me is that we got the big reveal of Moff Gideon's weapon, which you got a hint of in the previous episode, that all of these... Uh, is it comics fans? I don't remember exactly where the Dark Troopers came from, but it's some other old continuity. It's the very Maybe. first video game. Ah, okay. So it kind of looks Dark like... Forces. Yeah, and it, oh, okay, and it looks like it because they reveal it, and it doesn't have any of the nuance that suggests that that's a design or an implementation that fits in this world or in this in this design schema. It was like fifties. It was like fifties giant robot scared stuff. They were kludgy and slow and awkward. They had big triangle eyes. They were really. It was RoboCop, Star Wars, it, though. It was. So you guys tell me. You tell me. Am I wrong about these Dark Troopers? Are they not the dumbest piece of shit ever? No, it was It was awful. I think it was the worst part of the season, actually, for me, were those yeah. Dark Troopers. Yeah. Because um, first and foremost, they built it up. They kind of inferred there was a connection between the blood and this new generation yeah. weapon. I thought yeah. there was something that they were going to make, like, force bots or something. Yep. And of course, no. So we don't know why they needed the blood. We don't know anything about it. Like, uh, right. they just did it because, I don't know, it goes good with sushi or eggs. Sure, sure. And sure. Um, and then the, it was so anticlimactic to see, yet again, just another robot that doesn't make any damn sense. And in that enterprise, I don't know why they need that much energy to do what they do. They took so much energy. You're absolutely well, right. They made a big deal of it. Yeah, but that was a... Said it, but they, but that was but that was also a plot to, that was a MacGuffin, right? That was a total like we got to stall for time, got to build up, got to turn the lever very slowly, you know, to give it power. That was yeah. just a framing device that was stupid. And it I know it's MacGyver, pulp- it was a MacGyver moment. It was a- yeah, it was pulpy. But my problem is, and I, it's the same thing when I get I get aggravated by things they do in Star Trek. Sometimes it's not internally consistent. I've seen people write out on the web that well, you know, all the good robotics designers were killed off by the Empire in the purge following the separatist movement i'm like bullshit because we've seen as i referenced earlier some pretty fucking bitchin imperial robots okay the tactical droids are fucking rad probe droids are rad and while it's true that the empire didn't rely on robotic units in favor of human powered units there was no reason to consider to think that they would make them not only that clumsy but they were also they acted like tin soldiers they didn't even they had this imagery of these marching automatons which is not anything that i mean it goes back to worse than b1 battle droids they at least had brains this, this episode at least they served their purpose they flew down they grabbed grogu and they took off and the only thing i could say about it is it was fucking rad design choice that they fly in with these big boot thrusters and then as they get close they pull an expanse and then they flip the burn so they're coming down at an at a like a 25 degree angle ankle first or heel first to the landing, which I thought that was kind of cool. Superhero <laughs> but, jump. Superhero jump. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, they take them, they take off. I was really irritated and the whole thing. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? That's what we got after all of the hubbub. No likey. Yeah. Mike, big, you're a big fan of the, of the Dark Trooper and you want to 
defend that design and the concept of the use of that? Yeah, you guys, you guys have already made your case. I don't really feel the need to <laughs> say that I like a thing that you're both like, fuck that thing, it's garbage. I'm like, okay, no, cool. garbage. Tell me you like the thing. I want to know. No, if you it's, like it's all cool, man. It's it's it was a nice throwback to something that was old, and it's probably just sure. nostalgia. So, it's did you fine. like it? So you liked it from the Dark Forces experience. Uh, I haven't seen a non-Kluji robot in this except for the one two episodes before. So okay. of all 20 episodes, all the droids in this show are slow and kind of stupid looking. Uh, even the IG-88 in the first, even though it moved in a really cool way, still walked like a fucking idiot. Thunk, 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 thunk. And then spun and shot things which was really cool, but all the robots look like that, except for the ones from the previous war, which are all busted and breaking down. <laughs> well, I would say that the, the robot that was in the Boston Shooters gang was pretty cool, and in addition to the assassin droids. He, he sat at a control panel the entire time. And he did it in a very cool way. He, he was very natural at it. Okay. Pushed the buttons and glared at people. He got a gun at one point. Come on. So okay, you're saying we're doing? I don't have to see him doing any, like runs up walls or backflips or ninja jumps either. So I mean, but he had a toaster oven that really did great with pop tarts in the. Yeah, no, it was really solid. I'm just saying, cyber pop tarts. All right. I mean, it's just I mean, they, they were they were black. They were black. Yeah, <laughs> they were black. I mean, name name uh, name a robot who wasn't. They're all shades of gray. Oh, no, but the troopers were white, right? And then they do the different they do different classes of it. So the dark yeah. trooper is kind of a clones are too expensive, so we're gonna go full robot. Uh, Tie pilots are black. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay, so let's go. All so right, we're so death troopers. Well, so we so then we so okay, so let's move on to um, Chuck E. Cheese robot feature. You know, let's let's move on to the second to last episode of the season because it wiped, in my view, it wiped the. Um, palette a little bit because it was a Rick Rick Famoyiwa episode again and I really liked his work last time yeah. um, this one was called The Believer and this is the one where they have to break into a facility we re-meet uh, Mayfield the Boston Space shooter. Bostonian. Yeah. Space <laughs> no, Bostonian. It's wicked, it's wicked, wicked bad. Yeah, we, wicked shop. Wicked bad. So, but, but he yeah. was the best thing in this episode. He oh, no, was. no, no. I, I'm, totally I'm making fun of him, but I love him. So, so the, the group that I watch it with, we were like, shit. Does everyone remember where this guy came from if we're supposed to hate him or not? So we went back and watched yeah. the first episode with him. Watched yeah. the episode and was like, okay. Now we know who this guy is. Now we're going to watch this episode. And yeah. that was actually really nice to do because you're like, no, we're not supposed to dislike him. He was a professional who was in a really shitty position and was like, I don't really like you. But he was very honest about it. But, but So uh, that is an interesting point because the majority of the characters in the show are that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That, that they are just trying to find their way in a very complex environment. And yeah. they, and Mandalorian is that. Uh, yeah. uh, Boba Fett is that. He comes out yeah. and it, right? And it's it's one of the most interesting aspects of it that the motivations and where people find themselves aren't dictated by some 
malevolent or benevolent yeah. motivation or character flaw. What's what's Mingna Wa's character? Is it Fennec? Fennec Shand. Yeah. Fennec Shand. Like Fennec? Yeah. Like Fennec's just like Yeah, sorry, I thought you were dead in the desert. Not dead, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, but this I mean for a whole for a <clears throat> for a season that is nominally about finding the finding the space wizards uh, yeah. who have it all have all, have it all figured out. The season has continued that theme that you're yeah. referring to, uh, Blake. Especially that we're we're seeing this whole, just like Rogue One, we talked about. We're seeing this part of this universe where you see the real people in this world. That you, when you when you step out of the the world of the space wizards, they're all like Jesus. Just get, yeah, just don't well, it, it, don't crush my house, right? Yeah, right. Like, dude, I'm just trying. To, I which rebels? Blue, which I rebels did a milk, really man. good job. Yeah, I need some blue yeah. milk. Just give me some blue milk. Well, oh, and, and Rebel, Rebels did a great job of that too, yeah, right? Re- Rebels did. did a great job of showing us a lot of characters who were like, you know, just you Especially guys in your, the, uh, in your battles. The crushing of the Twilight Homeworld. Like, yep. the ones with, um, not seriously, shit, what is the name of the fucking pilot's, what's the pilot's name? Hella? Is it Hella? Um, yeah. The uh, Twilight? Yeah, uh, it's, um, <sighs> because uh, we're feels... old. I feel so bad right now because she was a great character. I think it's Ella. Is it Ella? That seems wrong. Anyway, it does. But... It's close. It's close. <clears throat> yeah. What's oh, what name? are you speaking? Oh, uh, we were talking about "Don't Crush My House," and it's like I thought that the and he was saying "Rebels" is a good Hera. Hera Sandula. You threw me with the hell. I was like, man. Yeah. 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 It's and like when we went back to her planet and it was just like this planet is effed. <laughs> Like Empire is just stepping all over this planet. Oh, totally. Yeah. I I like well, that. I like that this whole season has been showing us people caught between caught in the middle or not yeah. really interested, or all of these things don't really matter to us unless there's someone occupying. Especially also, in the. Yeah, I was gonna just add to that. They actually had a very interesting twist here, that the Imperial side, they're not soulless psychopaths. Yeah. Right. Right. That that uh, they were talking about the bombing and 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 his buddies all dying. Yeah. And that around the uh, imperial cafeteria, right after yeah. they went after the module to get the data that they needed, and uh, the fact that he's just sitting there talking, you know, to the empire and like yeah. the empire, and then he pulls out a blaster and just boom. Yeah. And, and Mandalorian is just like, "What the fuck did you just do?" He's like, "I yeah. don't know what the fuck I just did." And now we have to kill everybody and get out. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was okay. really cool. so so. Before we talk about that scene, because that was like the money moment for that whole episode, what I loved about the what I loved about the way in which this approached Mayfeld is that it was the it gave us. I mean, he was interesting in the last season. Not that not I don't think he was particularly standout. It was almost like a stunt casting, but in this one, he became the narrator for the audience that was providing a perspective that you as a kind of like as a, a, a kind of a cynical realist perspective on the entirety of the star Wars story. Yeah. And I, he, yeah. and and it was like, he was the voice of the guy that's like, doesn't get star Wars, but actually affected by star Wars, you know, like he was in it, mm-hmm. but I love the, I love the straight talk. And I thought it was very, I loved like everything he did was like that. Like him in the car, take off the helmet. Who gives a shit? Take it off. Yeah. Just take it off. Like, why are you bothered? Why do you care? Why yeah. does anybody do anything? We could be except dead tomorrow. At the end, when he actually said, "Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody." Yeah, right. I right. That I'm gonna, and that I'm was the growth moment, right? Right. Yeah. It was. Right. 
Now that whole yeah. that whole the tension of them going into the into the into the base, the whole way in which they got the, the vehicle in, the vehicle's dynamics were fucking great. Everything yeah. about that whole sequence, it was a great nod back to Indiana Jones. I mean, there was so much going on there that there's I a there's an old um shit what's his name uh Roy Schneider. It's an old Roy Schneider yeah. movie about dudes running dynamite through the mountains oh, and. Yeah. It, like this, a hundred percent. Like so, I, they saw that movie because yeah. it's you can't shake the truck too much or it explodes, and there's yeah. people trying to kill you. It was very much like a, a nice nod back to some of these old pulp action movies. Like Don't go below fifty five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but and along that whole arc, I just love the humor and the interplay between yeah. the characters. Yeah, it, it was so much more fluid and relatable. Than a lot of the Star Wars scripts in the movies have been. Absolutely. Well, the series continues really to be great. more entertaining than the movies, yeah. which is just right. so. Okay. Someone, someone that I talked to with it, about this brought up the fact that it was really cool seeing all the Imperial miners and stuff, like cheering them coming in and treating them like heroes. Right. And it'd be nice if we saw more of that, or like some betrayal. But it was like that. That all happens, and then. Ten minutes later, we're back to just shooting stormtroopers. You know, yeah, it was yeah. just kind of like, and I, I, at first it was like, whatever, you know, come on. Um, and then, like, the more I thought about, it, it's like, no, that would be kind of fucked up if you're a miner. It's like, yeah, they brought the stuff in. Wait, they killed who? <laughs> they're, wait, they're shooting who? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I know and, we and can't zoom something. in on a miner, but yeah. I, but well, yes and no, because I can see it a couple of different ways, right? That. Um, everybody's kind of on the same moral landscape and they end up on the yeah. sides that they're in yeah. from whatever decision-making process that they have. Sure. But when the shooting starts, yeah. it's us versus them, and I'm not going to have a conscience. But that's very yeah. realistic, right? Them. I'm going to kill right. all you assholes no matter what. Right, right. right. And no, no, I mean, yeah, it's just... It's it's just... It's strange that we had this nice moment where it's like, oh, look, we're all, we're all people with stories and lives and joys and everything, and they were like, oh, but... but Forget that. <laughs> You're still a dude in a white suit. We're going to shoot you. It's okay. Well, and also, we're, t- we're at a, from that perspective, we're at peak for uh, Imperials being shown as real people because it's yeah. the Imperial remnant, and it's specifically the remnants of the remnant, not the, I'm trying to pull the shit back together in space. Right, right. On the, on the destroyer stuff. This is these dirt, the bruised up, you know, just yep. barely trying to hang on. So it's the loosest in terms of protocol you're going to get out of them. And then by the time we get into what we got in The Force Awakens, the First Order is doubling and tripling down on the fascist stuff where everything is is jackboots and everything is super rigid and you're going to get shot if you you step out of line with your helmet. You know what I mean? Like, they they went so the opposite direction in order to make Finn such a thing that Finn was, my God, he's really a human in there and he really doesn't have a... He has got a conscience, and he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." And they ruined that in Skywalker, but in Force Awakens, that was powerful because of how rigid they were showing the First Order troops. Yeah, Here, I mean, we're getting I mean, to see them at their loosest, and I really like that. Yeah, but, but you speak to a huge gap. Yes, right yes. in yeah. the evolution and development of the First Order, because where they are in this episode, other than the Imperial officer, that yeah. that that kind of gives the lunatic fringe that you right. know, people want to be controlled. They want stability and they, yeah. they want us right. more. 
I was um, going to talk about his name is Richard Brake. I was yes. like, he did such a good job yeah. with his like, and he was only on screen for like what five minutes. This is the card table, the, the officer in the yeah. vessel. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's because um, we've had now twice in this season examples of where um, Imperials are telling the characters about why they could still do what they're doing and why the the universe needs them. Mocking yeah. the Republic. I love how much we've seen wary yeah. wary tolerance of the Republic and no yeah. no expectation that they're actually going to fix anything. Right. And I yeah. like that the Imperials bring that up. So we have this yeah. this story in the mess hall, and then we also have that one where the lieutenants are talking about. You know, remember the one where the pilots are talking or whatever, and they're yeah. saying, you know, yeah. Yeah. or or then talk smack to. Wait, is that in the last episode? It's the last episode. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. But they, they but, also they also I mean, this is... on how many people were on the Death Star. Yes. Yeah, right, right. yeah, they make references to all that. Which one? Right. Yeah. Which one? So I love that. When they were cheering, when the car, when the one came in and they said, yeah. oh, it was like one of 20 that made it or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you get the sense of the human, the, 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 not say human, but the sentient creatures' efforts for survival and suffering. Relatable. And relatable. It's relatable, right? And I like that. But that. And it was the only one not driven by Imperials. But that. <laughs> But that close yeah. quarters, yes, but that close quarters tension moment where he's at the console and he's got to take yeah, yeah. the helmet off and do it. Yeah. And you see the steps that he goes as a cultist, as his purist, is like, I cannot break my rules. And you see all the things he's done to save Grogu. That that family bond with his tribe is even more important than everything he learned about his Mandalorian tribe. Right? I I love it. Yeah. To me, to me, I, I I agree with that synopsis. But to me, it's more about him being a paladin, and yes. he has a charge yes. to save, and he will do anything to execute that mission, including violating his code. Right. For the first time ever. But right. and uh, and that's a samurai like, story too, right? That's a Ronin story. He yeah. does in the first season too. Yep. Yes, he does. Isn't, like, why did he do it in the first season? He I, only did I, it in the first I, season when no one was around and it was a robot. No, robot. the girl took his helmet off. Because no, he was going to die unless they could do a treatment on his head. Was that what it was? Yeah. And that was a okay. robot. Okay. It. It, was, it, was the, it was the IG unit that did it in the tunnel. No one else was around. I'm not took alive. the helmet off. No, no, no. With off, the, he with says, the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Nope. She when... didn't take his helmet off. She tried to. He was tempted, but, he, but she didn't do it. Okay. Okay. However, however, as you bring that up, though... He did take the helmet off, and he was in foreground looking out at the window. What she brought him is gruel, and he took. He said, "Nope, sorry, can't eat with you, potty. I gotta eat my gruel alone with my helmet on somehow." So she left, and then he sat at the window, took the helmet off to eat his food, looking out at the farmers doing their their shrimp farm. Yeah, but yeah, you no, could I, see his face if they looked in the window. I guess I just I'll have to watch the first season again. I yeah, just you, have a different memory of. I have swamp water in that memory, but I have no idea why. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Cool. What, what made what made the scene with the IG unit to me so poignant, not just that IG unit was going to die, but it was that he said, but I'm not alive. Yeah. And you're like, but you really are. Yeah, yeah. Not not only are the, are the droids given sentience in that universe, yeah. but you cared for that character. Yeah. And there was and more was... caring for that IG, IG unit dying then then we got in the supposed sacrifices of C-3PO and Skywalker, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's just like they couldn't even, they couldn't land it. 
But yeah, I mean, and that's, that was a good arc in that first season of the trust for droids. Right. You know, right. that was the closing of that, of, I don't want any fucking droids around me. Um, right. He shot it in the head in the, in the first uh, episode. And first episode. healing his head yeah. in the last episode, yep. right? What? Bookends? What? Um, <laughs> well, what about yeah. this big... Go ahead. So, one second. Uh, so, I thought that a nice, a nice, a nice straight line to the fall of what was left of the Empire was uh, Werner Herzog and his dirty stormtroopers was a nice oh. introduction to like, look, yeah. this dude still has power and is terrifying. His stormtroopers just can't clean their armor, but they're yeah. still fucking stormtroopers, even though they're kind of scuzzy stormtroopers. Yes. To like this mining colony, which was led by a fanatic, and everyone just looked kind of haggard, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, and but again, looking at the different types of remnants. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. and 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 the relatable side of things as Blake was talking about. What I liked about that too is that you have, in the absence of the structure, the military structure holding everybody together and dehumanizing yeah. them, when you allow people to lose, get sloppy, and they start to fall into their patterns. Yeah, the 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 grungy stormtroopers in season one were so rad because those were the mercs, right? Those yeah. were the guys that are like, well, now I'm just the I'm the ex soldier who's a who's just a killer now. Right. Yeah. Versus, and then versus, and then you see those guys who are they're just they're imperial miners, right? Yeah. And then you see the and then you see the remnant the remnants that Moth Gideon's people have, which are the, they're, they're they, you know they're the true believers, and he's got yep. them convinced that he's going to pull it back together again. When he came down and shot the shit out of Werner Herzog, that was very powerful because until that point you thought he had power, and then yeah. Moth Gideon comes down, and he's like, yep, yep, yeah. they're out. Yeah. But, but the I don't know if you recall this or not, but. Remember those speeder troopers? Oh yeah, they're standing out there with Grogu, right? And they get they're talking into the base and like, oh yeah, Moth Gideon just killed another platoon. Like, yeah, we're not going in there. Like, fuck that. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. oh yeah, Moth Gideon killed another one. So there's this there's this um, ruling class elitism in the yes. Empire yes. that everybody else is just a body count. Everybody else is expendable, and you'll just as soon get shot by your leader as you will the enemy. Yes, and. Uh, it speaks to the moral bankruptcy of the entire thing and why the background for, um, what's his name? Boston, the yeah. South Boston. My, Mayfield. 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 Yeah. Why he's got yep. such a chip on his soldier for yep. all of these elitist officers, right? Why because, he's an ex-imperial. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that was one of 5,000 things that Ryan Johnson did so well in Last Jedi. The, the little nuances he did, for example, when... Kylo Ren was throwing a tantrum and slashing the shit out of that room. Those stormtroopers walked in and went, "Nope, I'm out." Different hallway, different hallway. (laughs) We can we can go around this one. And and, you know, I think a lot of people looked at that and said, "Oh, that's just you know, that's 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 comedy." But I didn't see it that way. I thought it was very realistic. I said, "Nope, yeah, that room." I mean, it's also funny as hell. But you've been you've been like, "No, no, 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 no." Dan's on the warpath. Do not go to the second floor. If you can avoid it, do not go. That's right. Well, anyway, so that episode was fucking amazing, and that that final sequence where they're having the um, the talk in that room, that tension for him taking the helmet off and then that going was... and being asked to sit down. That guy is a you mentioned his um, I think you mentioned his name earlier, but he's like Richard a, Brake. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a horror film and sort yep. of B movie actor forever, and he's a what's amazing about him is I I I knew him inside and out. I knew his voice. I knew his look. And I went back through his filmography, and I cannot find a thing that he's done that I've seen. But somehow I knew him. So 
And it was yeah. so good, that sequence. Yeah. His, I, it I felt loved, like, yeah. I love the looks between freaking the Mandalorian and Mayfield. It's like, do not shoot him. I know, just fucking drink the drink and let's get the fuck out of here. Did you I notice? took off my helmet. Just let's get the fuck out of here. It was like, boom. Okay, Sean. I mean, fair. Well, the, fair. That, that was that was one of the best scenes of the series. Yeah. Right. You notice? That, that, the subtlety and all of that. It was. Just, yeah. Yeah. So again, um, he doesn't. I don't even think he gets enough credit for what he does, Pedro Pascal. Oh yeah. See yeah. how he he's been doing so much physical acting. Right? Yeah, and he talked a lot. He's talked a lot about how he's had to think not just okay. about how how do you physically act in a helmet where you can barely see, but also how do you how do you live and breathe? Um, how do you live and breathe as a character? Yeah, not only when you're always covered, but also as someone who is used to never being seen, and yeah. not just hi- not hiding from it, but is actually yeah. expecting. That's his norm is that he's behind this. So yeah. when he has his helmet off and he's at that table, yeah. he does not have a poker face. No. This badass who's this badass guy is kind of doing ner- he's got nervous energy, right? He's got this yeah. like the fidgets. And I thought that was amazing and it was totally yeah, yeah. deliberate. I loved it. Agreed. Agreed. And 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 that whole sequence felt like it was between the color palette and the way the the narrative was being talked talked about and then just basically the whole presentation of it it felt like it's something right out of a a good cinema verite uh vietnam yeah. movie didn't it yeah, yeah. have that vibe yeah yeah yeah, def- yeah definitely a war story of the rank and file versus the the ruling like the generals you yeah. know where it's like and, yeah, you and send the... you send me to die is what yeah. you do yeah and yeah. The, and just that moral depravity that, that yeah. it's it's a game to the yeah to, to the general right absolutely great um so and that leads us to the last episode of the season called The Rescue, which was, interestingly enough, once again, directed by um Peyton Reed. So Peyton Reed also did The Passenger, which was the one with the four spiders, and he did uh one of the ones from the first season. Um you may recall there was an uh there was an ant, right? In the there's an ant in the cantina, right? Peyton Reed's Ant Man reference. But anyway, here we are with the rescue, the final episode where everything kind of comes together at once, and there's a lot going on. Yeah, and it was yeah. fun. Now, one of the things I thought was weird is that they keep referring to Moff Gideon's dis- um, destroyer as an Imperial destroyer, but he's actually flying around in a craft that was the Empire used some of them. But that's a that's a an, uh, a uh, Republic cruiser. That's a Republic. It's a Republic carrier. Yeah. And I Man think that's cruiser. interesting yeah. that they, but what I like about that, what I like about that nuance is it's the attention to detail and continuity that we love about this show is that they show you these bits and pieces of things from different times, points mm-hmm. in the timeline that seem to be period appropriate for the time in which you're seeing it. I like the idea that that may be a Republic ship, but the yeah. empire did use them yeah. as a transition vehicle until they made the other destroyers. Right. And by 30 years in, people just associate it with the Empire. Sure. Because it's got of this the weird shape, whatever. Yeah, the weird yeah. long, the weird short memory of uh, Star Wars people that the events of the Clone Wars, people think that Jedi are a myth, right? So, right, right. Like, but I mean, anyway, I just think that's interesting. It, it was very consistent to me, and it was a nice detail. 
that people yeah. like us are looking at that going, yeah, no, actually, you know, but no. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. you had that whole raid sequence, the whole planning on how you're going to get them in. Um, yeah. It was unusual. You thought Boba Fett was going to come around and do some sort of 11th hour something, something. But it was but, a drop a drop and run. But he did he did drop that. Uh, wait, this is the episode where he dropped the uh, he the, dropped the the, the sonic, charge the yes. sonic charge, right? Yes, that thing popped. I was like, I haven't seen one of those since the first movie. Since the second. I was gonna say it's Seriously? a forty. It's like it's like you know those sounds that they say that make um that uh, only teenagers can hear that yeah. whole thing. That yeah. was the thing that only people over forty are like excited about, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like oh nice. That's so that was cool. a, yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. People forget he had that weapon. But so, I mean, yeah. But, but I mean, as it turns out, it was a good idea that Boba Fett wasn't around at the last scene. Yes, true, correct, absolutely correct. That I would do, have been a very different final scene. Yes, yes. I do enjoy. You're absolutely right. Um, he would have gotten another slash to his uh, jetpack that's actually been repaired, right? Exactly. Um, so. So I've I've often thought of episodes in Mandalorian as did, sometimes the ones I like the best are the ones that feel like role playing game sessions, sure. good role playing game sessions, right? The 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 heist where they pulled May, Mayfield and then pulled the Twilight mm -hmm. ga uh, ganger out of the New Republic ship. Um, this is a good and and in fact the believer getting the getting the truck in and all of that yeah feels yeah. like a role playing session, right? Yeah. This episode was a great set up the height, set up the set up the uh, the plan, execute, and when it goes wrong, see if you could pull it back together again. It felt it's it seems very hard in movies, let alone in TV, for them to convey to us as the viewers that the people on screen have a plan, understand their plan and their roles in it, and that we understand what their plan is. Because yeah. half the time in the movie they get they get cute about it. They make a big point of showing you the plan, and then it's like, oh, and then there's a twist because no one actually was following the plan and it was all set up, right. baby driver, whatever. This is like they talked about what they were going to do. They tried to do it. Things went wrong. You see the cascading series of events that come from that, but it was very, um, you could follow it. It felt logical and unlike Robert Rodriguez's episode with Dark Troopers, also. Mm -hmm. This one didn't feel like it was just they were just uh, gluing scenes together to make the episode work. Sure, this felt sure. very li linear and consistent. When he blew the the troopers out the airlock, we all thought, well, they've got jetpacks. Yeah, it's like mm, not going to work. <laughs> that's only going to last for so long, and it bought him yeah. time, and it only bought him some time until they came back around and were pummeling their way back in. It was. Yeah. But, but why did no one remember that they flew down to get Grogu? I don't think they didn't remember that. It didn't even suggest they, that they didn't remember that. They were, they were supposed to be depowered and shut out, but they were right. powered up already. Right, and I even though I... they were powering up, his deal was get them out so I can escape. It wasn't... Right. Once the plan was, was fucked, his deal was like, I only have one choice, which is vent them, right? Well, no, to get less fucked. Yeah, get less yeah. fucked. Yes. Yeah. Now, okay, that, so... And I like that because it, uh, there's a military saying that every battle plan is perfect until you actually engage the enemy. Yeah. Right. And, yes. and then, and then, and then shit gets real. And right. uh, I like that element and all the great tactics and everything else falls apart. Fubar. Importantly, like when he gets the, uh, yes. the dark saber. Yes. And now well, that was, he has, yes. he has Oh my God. He picked that up. He picked that up and I was like, Oh, that's unfortunate. And, and like everything was like, why is it unfortunate? I'm like, 
it's going to be a problem. Just trust me. Everyone's like, no, he's got it. I'm like, that's not the problem. Everybody was so <laughs> excited. Everybody was understandably so excited about the big last, you know, third act reveal of Luke yeah. Skywalker. But to me, okay, the, wait, money, wait, wait, the money wait, wait, of that episode was the wait, Dark yeah, we got to talk about that. But go ahead. Well, Sorry. But I'm just saying, to me, the Darksaber trick, when, yeah. he picked it, when he came back in and you have that moment where yeah. he and Bo-Katan are looking at each other and it's like, he's like, no, no, take it. No, seriously, I yield. Take it. Yeah. Fuck it. Take she it. She can't. And Gideon is just knocking it and they're yeah. just egg, egg, egging him on. I was like, this is such a beautiful, perfect storm of writing. I love yeah. the situation that they put those characters in. Yeah. That this nomad has become the ruler I, of Mandalore by accident. I and love that Gideon, Gideon did that. Like, Gideon's yes. like, you know what? How about fuck all y'all? <laughs> I know. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, so so talking about the earlier part in the episode, though, I like the fact that you saw... We have to accept this. It's just like Iron Man, right? We have to accept the fit. We set physics aside, just like as we do with so many other things in Star Wars. That sure. you can be pummeled in the... You can be pummeled in the helmet by, by, a, by a vice... A compression ram multiple times and your neck doesn't snap, right? Right, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. We just, but, you're but a superhero. Did, yeah, but they did sell that he was up against an up against something that he was way outclassed, and oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that they would drag him by his foot. I enjoyed them. They were slamming him around. I, I even liked when they were leaning into this marching like tin soldiers bullshit that they were sold on with these guys. It makes, <laughs> still makes no fucking sense, but I, I appreciate they leaned into it when they were like, ready? It's like someone pressed the big red button and they're like fists, whack, you know. And they press the yellow button and the fists are like pile drive, you know, like like that that the 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 rhythm of that was fun, even as it was so uh, um, anachronistic that I couldn't quite. It didn't. I was like, oh, but at the same time, it was fun. It was a little space bally that. Yes. I have two big buttons, two big red buttons. One of them makes espresso. One ends the world. I always forget which one. <laughs> I, is red. Yes. Right, right. yes. Very much. I, I was, yeah, it was nice. It's like, oh, you're having trouble with one of these. How many of these were there? Like, it was funny because they right. said how many, they gave some nondescript number. They said there's a brigade of them or some shit. Right. And I was like. It was like 40. I was like, pause. How many fuckers are in a brigade? <laughs> I was like, like <laughs> every, every in the room is like, wait, wait, look it up. We're all looking up. It's like, it's not really a number of people. No. <laughs> but just looking at the er- earlier shots of them all in their little. There yeah, were, uh, yeah. Char- charging stations. There was about yeah. forty of them, but it, I yeah, love that. He barely yeah. got one done, and then yeah. it was like, it's like, yeah, you guys are pumped. Yeah, but I also loved. It's just like when they. It's just like when the Mandalorians raided the ship in the first place that they stole. It's fun to see them up against the Empire because yeah. they just they're they're full assault. They just boom they yeah. go in, and I love. We got to see, and we've seen this in the show before. You, it's fun seeing combat techniques that are playing up to a certain style or a certain strength that they have that they have developed for example those guys are the best with their jetpacks right right and so i yeah, love that they have the best use of jetpacks that i mean they, Ever. i completely reevaluated my view of them i thought it was just oh, a of course. stupid little add-on but yeah no yes it was yeah, super fun to watch like yeah. the thing with the bridge right throw them off the bridge come back around the other side and smack yeah like that yeah. kind of stuff was really fun to see because you know you're like that's like they're te- teaching that in mandalorian you know, combat academy. Right? Like oh, yeah, it was very... yeah, the Death Watch. The Death Watch were awesome with their with their jetpacks. It's and like yeah, you saw that the cult had jetpacks, but none of them were the same kind of. No, they used them Correct. for movement. 
you know? Like when that giant fucking trooper comes down with the E-Web and just lands in the middle of everything in, in the... Yeah. I guess that was near the end, middle of the first season? Yeah. You know, where the man... The, the, the John Favreau... The John Favreau trooper. He was, a, yeah. he was in the Mandalorian armor, right? That's, yeah. that's the guy, yeah. Yeah. Big Blue or whatever they call him. But that's yeah. but again, that's another thing I was going to mention about this is that it was very specific choice that the earlier, not only the current generation Mandalorians in the cult that come to support him, but also his memory of the ones that rescued him, of yeah. which those were some, but all of the Death Watch ones that came to rescue him as a child, they yeah. were fighting with a much simpler style. This yeah. was a group that was its own thing. And they you go just... back to see Bo-Katan's group, and it's old-school, pure, yeah. sort of, like, elite combat unit, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's and she's a night owl, which is even right. more like more specific of a badass elite unit. Speaking of night Hence owls, the by the way. Eyes. Yes, speaking of night owls, did you notice in the Ahsoka episode that the owl was in the tree? No, I didn't. Yeah, she's got a weird cool. horse owl, and it's up in the okay. tree. Yeah, it's in the it's in a foreground shot, so it's kind of blurry. But they snuck it in there, and I was like, "There you go." But nice. um, but anyway, going back to this, what I uh, what I also liked to remember earlier when Boba Fett gets in a tussle with them about the armor situation, and her WWE first officer handed him his ass, and there was all kinds yeah. of fanboys online that were pissed about it. And I was like, "No, no, that was that was pretty good." Yeah, yeah. He, he earned yeah. the armor. He's not a Mandalorian. You know, yeah, he he's not training. He's... Yeah, that's yeah. a different the thing that led up to it, right? Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Was, the, the whole, the whole like anti-clone racism tinge and oh yeah, yeah. it was very, very interesting. Well, and that's what we've been waiting to see also this whole time is how do you do callbacks to clones after the clones are gone? There's not because because of course they just didn't even exist in the original trilogy, but in the story, you never see them interacting with or talking about clones in a good way or a bad way until the cartoons. Like in Rebels, right. you start to see that attitude. Attitudes mm -hmm. about droids, attitudes about clones. Yeah. And here you see that derisive sort of snark about him. And yeah. I've, I've been waiting for that because this is a guy whose daddy was the one who created the clones. And that, Granted, he's a clone, but by all intents and purposes, because of his age thing, it's like He's not. He thinks he's not a clone, right? Like in his right. mind, yeah. he's not really a clone. He's just yeah. yeah he's the son yeah. of Jango Fett. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because he's taking on the. He's been. He spent his entire life, whenever his helmet was off, listening to people's shit like, "Oh, you're just a clone." Yeah. All, all the clones did, right? And that was one of the yeah. interesting things about the Clone Wars about how they all tried to maintain some kind of sense of individualism, right, and uniqueness relative to their makeup. In terms of genes and replication, yeah. I and I think that's what—that's yeah. one of the bright spots of of those cartoons. I mean, because there's some really rough patches in there, but yeah. if we're dealing with individuality and what it means to be a person, any of those episodes, like we're like any anything with fives in it, if fives oh, yeah. is in it, it's going to be a freaking solid episode because it's gonna it almost be... gets it almost stacks up with Cytine, yeah, CJ Cherry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and then uh, also this, and again, and I was bitching about this this last episode, but it's one thing, thing that I still begrudge about the Bad Batch is that because they wanted to play up the 80s thing of making them look like different sorts of action heroes and give them more individuality instead of just leaning into genetic advantages yeah. or, or training advantages, they make the clones, they have aspects of them that look like a clone, but they yeah. look like different people, and I wish they yeah. hadn't done that. 
I really I wish agree. they had stayed. I enjoyed it much more when the clones. Someone has a mohawk. Someone has a shaved side. Someone, someone has, has a tattoo. Has a tattoo. That was enough for me because you because we know those characters well enough to know yeah. that that's that's who that is. You know, that's Fives. That's Cody. That's whoever. And maybe the Bad Batch will grow on us. Like, yeah, I thought they were fine characters. Like, I really have a problem with them. But right. yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I wish they were clones. But yeah. on page, I like them better than I saw than I like them visually. But yeah, they did. They worked well in the story. The animation looks great in those those final episodes. And then what we saw in the trailer uh, in December, it looks like the Bad Batch is going to be the story we've been waiting for. Which is, you know, what happens to the clones who are like, "Fuck all this," who yeah. are not Order sixty six, and we're like, "I'm out of five, right?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that should be interesting. Anyway, so going back to the ship. We have this thing where, um, uh, yeah, this this final confrontation in the in the in the control room. I was a little disappointed that 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 interesting um, first officer of Gideon right? had an right? unceremonious death, right? Yeah, I, isn't she like wasn't she MMA or something? Like, yeah, I she is. Her to yeah, fight. And, yeah, and she's and she's and she's out as well. So it was like a big deal for her, I believe, that she's out as well. And so it was like there was a lot of like this is awesome that she's on this show, and I know I I poked in on her like on her Twitter or something, and you know she was really proud of what she had done, and and no, I thought she did a great job. But... I thought she was very interesting to watch. I liked yeah. her, and yeah. then you know, well, anyway, yeah. she's face down, and that's real. But I guess it just was a yeah. surprising choice. Okay, so we're about to get to the the thing, the big scene. So did, no, 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 did... wait, we should, we got to talk about the room with with Grogu in baby shackles that don't fit his hands, and that whole. <laughs> That whole okay. trap that was a total fucking trap. Let's talk about yeah. that a little bit. Okay. How did you find that scene? Uh, yeah, but this was the big Moff Gideon versus Mando moment. And... Right, but I don't think Moff Gideon ever thought he could take the Mandalorian. I thought this yeah. was yeah. all a setup to give him the blade to screw so Bo-Katan. Yeah. I think so, too. I think he was yeah. more afraid of Bo-Katan, and he was like, well, my end game is pitting them against each other, and then I'm going to yeah. slip away. Yeah, that was 100%. that was. I think he, his calculation right then was, I'm not going to get out of this unless I yeah, yeah. maneuver these people because he's smart. Yeah, um, like he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. But I what? Just a little uh, cynic comment, right? If you uh, if you get a broadcast from someone who's coming at you with a death mark, <laughs> you think you think you might want to change course? Yeah, right or something. <laughs> You think you might want to do something about it and go somewhere and change things? It's um, yeah. It, it they didn't give us a good sense of what they were doing. Were they going somewhere? Were they in space, just sitting around? It, yeah, but he got the but warning. They get the location of the ship from the mining post. Yeah, yeah. And then it didn't and, change after the Mando came on and said, "Right, I'm gonna come skull fuck you." The and, lime, uh, the limey moment. The limey moment. Tell them I'm yeah, coming. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it possible that okay? And this is complete off the back of a napkin kind of bullshit is it possible that the baby wasn't for wasn't for gideon like he had the baby for maybe thrawn he's working for somebody else i definitely think that's the case and he said he I think his job was to extract care. things from it what yeah. right. he didn't care about the entity he just cared about the essence right right right, right. And it, I mean, it was a task for him he, to get he had to get like it's possible he was on a line to drop it off or something but yeah, that was unclear. I agree. Uh, well, but it, there also, was no reason for him not to have changed course. We know. Well, right, what's I mean, interesting about that is that we know that Thrawn is the, at least in the books, was the uh, you know he's going to pull together the remnants and be the next 
last stab at trying to keep the empire together. Yeah. But we also and... know that there were other imperial remnants that were trying mm-hmm. to buy for power, and it yep. wasn't clear at this point whether Gideon, being a moth, which is unusual, right? He's a general that's a, that's the governor, right? Yeah. Like we weren't sure whether he was going to be is he one of the factions or is he working for someone else and once they right. evoked thrawn yeah. that was kind of my feeling like yeah he's this is a this is a his whole thing is getting this for someone else for something else yeah and like and gideon seems like a seems like a thrawn level moth like yes. there are moths you see where it's like thrawn would be like nope no you do not cut muster <laughs> you're yeah, not you're not going to be one of mine I'm not done with the with the books, the Thrawn books, but just based on what I have read, not reading the old stuff, but the continuity yeah. books, mm-hmm. and seeing how he was portrayed in Rebels, um, he has no tolerance for the the I don't know, like the the bottom feeders and the and the yeah. and the unscrupulous ones that are just out to hurt people and all of the career the career Imperials and all this. Yeah. He he values the intelligent ones. And he values people for whether they could be useful to him. And sometimes that is a dumbass. Yeah. But he never gives that dumbass the feeling that that dumbass has some position with him. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it tracks. But, but, but all that said, you don't put a capital asset that the Mandalorians are going to try and take Yes. to fight you. You don't put, you know all these things in play and just keep and just say, okay, that, so I'm, I'm, I'm addressing the point yeah, I know what you mean. maybe this is part of the master strategy that this was always supposed to happen, that the Mando was supposed to get the, the dark saber and it was supposed to see discontent. That's a hell of a way to achieve that goal. Yeah. I don't yeah. think, yeah, that's, I didn't think that's, that's pretty convoluted. That's Joker level planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And which one? Which isn't Jared, planning at Jared all. He <laughs> yeah. He just wants to see the world burn. Right. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it was to me. It was more a bit the the limitations of the style of genre storytelling that they were doing. That in that sense, it was the ship was the governor in the compound, and all of his armed guards are you know his 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 his, his band of mercenaries that he's paid to keep the ranch safe, and you know the the governor in the in the southwest somewhere, and and. They know that they're coming at dawn for him, right. and and they're just kind of holding out and waiting to see. He's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of hired guns, which is the dark their dark troopers. And you think, well, let's see if we can hold them out, hold them off. So hubris, hubris is a common character flaw. That's true. absolutely true. That's also true. You know, but a lot of people, as soon as this, uh, you know, Grogu being sucked of nutrients and whatever the fuck else, when we saw him attached to the the little uh, table, um, and the and the and that weird. Um, Kaminoan scientist was was working on him. The immediate pull that everyone did was, well, this is how they're going to get to the. It's all part of the uh, the Palpatine cloning rejuvenation project, and that's how we're going to get there. And I'm hoping it's not. <laughs> I really hope Me it goes too. a different direction than that. Well, I'm just glad they didn't go down the rabbit hole and go to midi chlorians again. Oh my god, give them time. Well, anyway, they said, so they said M level. They said M level. When they, they did. did the, the they did. They did yeah. say yeah. M levels. Hundred <laughs> percent, they did. And I was like, "Well, that's one way around it." <laughs> so when the X wing arrives and they see it zip in, yeah. So did you think it was Luke, or I mean, did you think it was what it was, or did you think it was the New Republic guys coming back? Okay, so this is so this is a good point. Did you did you participate in any of the speculation? 
because I saw so many guesses on who the Jedi was going to be. Uh-huh. Um, and a little until, bit. Until the X-Wing came in, I was like, well, that's weird because the only X-Wing that would be around at this point would be, oh, fuck me. I'm an idiot. Because... But why? Because I... Luke's, Luke's dead, right? No, but we've seen... But we've seen... But we've already seen multiple times this season that you have X-Wing Rangers. We've seen two of them. No, no, I know. Twice. But but there's no reason for... And A, the pairs. There was only one. Yeah. But, yeah. but we mean, only saw one zip in. At the, and my first reaction, me, my first reaction was yeah. it was those Repu- the Republican Ranger guys. And that'd have been cool. That'd have been cool. But when, when the speculation... Go ahead, Blake. What? That was mine too. I thought it was the same folks that bailed the Mando out earlier. And, and I thought I it was going to be a bad scene. Idea. Yeah, I had actually no idea what was going on until Dark Robe walking through the hall. Yeah, green, green, like, green, green light lightsaber. Right. It was his, his belt his buckle for me. Bad. Before the lightsaber popped uh, up, yeah. that silver belt buckle, belt buckle yeah. from fucking Return of the Jedi. I'm like, holy shit, it's Luke. Well, <laughs> and like, so of course it's Luke. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a sad story because at the time of this episode, we hadn't yet seen the announcement that they're going to do a whole Republic Rangers type show. Oh, I thought this was going to be that those guys were coming back. They were landing to try to board the ship. Right. And they were going to get taken out. And I thought that was going to be kind of sad. Um, At the time they were talking about a Jedi that was going to be the one Jedi. There's not many left and someone is going to train you, whatever else. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a lead into another Clone Wars character that that wasn't seen again. I thought it was going to be a stumpy Mace Windu or something like that. Okay, so I heard lots of Mace Windus. I assumed we were getting Ahsoka. I thought it was going to be Ezra. Uh, I, um, well, I was so glad they didn't do that. Because uh, agreed. they did not earn it. They would not have had the payoff nope. by no, any no one, stretch. Everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? So, yeah, I, I think I think that the Ahsoka series is a great way to bring Ezra in. And, and you could see this whole sequence with Ezra coming. It would have yeah. been fine, but it wouldn't have had the impact that the agreed. Luke reveal had for people. Luke was perfect. Uh, Mace would have been it fun. It could have been Wedge. It could have been Wedge. Been Wedge would have been yeah. cool. Wedge has been awesome. In fact, he would have also horribly died. Yes, <laughs> to the forty, to the forty some odd death well, troopers. You know, and the the other thing is, um, with uh, along the lines of Wedge, along the lines of of the Republic Rangers show, I'm hoping that we're going to see the younger what's his name? That's the uh, daughter of, I mean, the son of, you know, the pilot that ends in the books in the aftermath books that, um. He ends up dying in, in Skywalker, but he's the kid in the Aftermath books that was has a battle droid that he reprogrammed, and then his oh, mom right, comes right. and finds him. I forget his yeah, name. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to call him Snapper or something. But anyway, the it's, point it's is... The guy, it's played yeah. by the guy from Heroes, right? Right, right. I wanted, yeah. I wanted him to be... I want him to be in the, in the Republic Rangers show. Like, I want that to be some of those characters, but I don't know if we'll get that. Anyway, so... So did you buy the this the effects of this? Did you buy the presentation? Were you able to get your head out of staring at his face? I am. So I I've been slowly watching this progress because yeah, like I thought when it came out, I thought the Tron effect was like pretty good. Like I thought you're so getting too. there. Like you're, I'm feeling you're getting there, and I thought this was a, another step forward. Um, Mar- Marvel did well with Tony Stark, for example, and and some oh, of their right. other yep, yep, well, yep. Ant Man and Wasp was. Like almost mm-hmm. perfect, right? Yeah, <clears throat> but Star Wars hasn't done as well. 
it, I mean, Leia, the the younger Leia in Rogue One was still a bit off, but looked okay. It looked okay. cartoonish. Like in this, yes, there, it's a little too glossy still. Tar- Tarkin Tarkin looked good, um, True. but they did a good job True. with Tarkin that they kept his back to you a lot, and yep, and um, they only used his face oh, wow. when they needed to, oh, which wow. yeah. which yeah. which was good for that character anyway. Yeah. Um, but I really, it was one, you have to look, I'm, I'm going to give you the link. I'm going to have it in the show notes, Oh, I, but I'll also I looked send you it. the link. Yeah. The deep yeah. fake does look really you, good. You don't see it until you see the deep fake side by side yeah. and you see why there's just ever so slight differences. Yeah. Um, and I'm an artist who can't do likenesses well at all. So, but I mean, I can, I, you know, you look at the, you know it and you see it and you know, something's wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And then you see the deep fake and you're like, yep. Yeah. That's what. That's what. Yeah, the is. eyes are a little too hooded. The cheeks are a little too glossy. It's yeah. It's just it's little chins, things, and it's like it was close. It was good. It was very close. But very it wasn't. Good, but one thing that I mean, sold it though was Mark Hamill did the dialogue, so that was helpful. Well, and so moreover than the uh, de aging or whatever, the uh, the dialogue was the thing that I had the biggest issue with because I'll, I'll give him a pass, right on the special effects, and they're doing the best they can, and. And actually, I, I had to go back and watch it a couple times to really pick out how much I didn't like the computer <laughs> graphics on the de-aging. But to me, the thing that stood out like a sore thumb was the the, the script. Mm-hmm. Right? I, like, I don't even remember what you said. Well, no, they didn't say anything. That was the whole point. That uh, oh, okay. Uh, the band Mando says, are you a Jedi? And Luke says, yes. And that's it. And then the other thing is Luke looks to Grogu and looks to Mando and says, you have to tell him it's okay, right? And the, the it was so superficial, like, uh, yeah, I'm a Jedi motherfucker, I'm Luke Skywalker. Well, and, they did just uh, watch him, like, walk through the, the ship crushing droids right. on his mind. No, but, yeah. but it was a good question because he had just saw, seen a badass Jedi in Ahsoka True. who said, oh, no, actually, sorry, you don't understand our culty ways, but I'm actually not a Jedi. I just look like a Jedi and I use the weapons and I have a magical powers, but I'm not the, I'm a different space wizard than all the other space wizards. That you've heard about. <laughs> so I, I just thought, I thought there was an opportunity for a deeper conversation that would be more special. Yeah. Yeah. I got because, you. Because, because now we actually had the Luke that we remember from four five and six, not this soulless drunk wimp that we got in seven, eight, nine. And I thought it would, uh, I thought it would have been a great opportunity for Hamill to, to ride out, if this is it, if they would have given him some more substance to it, I thought that that was a lost opportunity. That's well, it. I mean, his fans are su- super excited about it. And he's right. super excited he got to do it. I think, right. I, I honestly think it was a limitation of the technology. They have to keep it short and sweet. They can't, the more that he talks, the more that he does, the, the more the Uncanny Valley happens. And I think that if the technology was better, they would have, put more into it but i think to your point they could have done more with what they had they could have done shots from behind luke looking at the scene and grogu and and did the voice overlay and you wouldn't have to see his lips move and and it was an unfortunate accident of circumstances that they they matched his thing that that uh full jedi luke did a lot which was the hand over hand um pose that he did in in Return of the Jedi, right? That standing pose, with hands are in front of him like this, and he stands very still. Um, that that Lucas was all about, like, well, Jedi's are calm, and so this is 
the farm boy has finally cooled off and so now he's going to be stoic and that shows that he's a jedi well by doing that that's a very unnatural pose it doesn't even feel it doesn't even have the cool factor that you would have of like um uh ewan mcgregor pulling from sir alec guinness putting his hands in his robes and taking this monk position has more power to it than the Luke standing with his arms in front of himself. So it actually it, looks like it's or even little... does something like here, like Alec Guinness yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. And so right. with Luke standing with his standing that way, it felt a little video gamey. Like it's not a very natural pose, but it was actually a very good match to what he was. It's just eh, eh. it's a little kid protecting his nuts pose. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I will say that I like that him taking taking Grogu and and jumping was consistent with what we've what we know about what Luke was doing at this time. Right. Yeah. He was all about creating the next Jedi Order and failing with Leia and then well, he will fail with Leia and so then he'll move on and be like, Well, I gotta find more shit to train myself. So well, this I mean, at this really point f- in the timeline. Really fail with Leia. Leia well, said No, no not my kid. Leia sucked he, it out. Yeah, no, right. She, she finished it out. Was like, so he said This is not for me. Right. But his his response to her is in canon, his response to her not doing it is I need to train more. I need to meditate more. I need to learn more about what I'm doing to provide better answers to those questions. That's fair. When she says, I'm scared of what I see in my vision, you know, he didn't have an answer to it. I mean, and I think that, but so fair. the big, but the big elephant in the room, of course, in this whole series is all the things we see, we see none of it later on in the, in the, uh, in the sequels. Yeah. So, so which barbecue like, well, did Grogu go on? Right. Right. We right, know, yeah, right. Yeah. We know, we know that um, all everything that we're seeing in theory, we see, you know, it's all not on screen. So you have that certain challenge that you're telling stories, just like Cassian Andor will be, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know the end, but and now you're telling the the story from before that. But it's it's particularly difficult because we know that Luke's Jedi training facility, whatever, gets taken out by Kylo Ren. So there's a, a strong suggestion that he's got another. Uh, you know, Order 66 situation going to happen to poor baby Grogu coming up. Yeah, and I've, there's a lot I've of always... ways it won't happen, but it's just it's sort of like, oh, that's not a... Everyone's like, yeah, he went off with Luke, but at the same time, you're like, or he went off with Luke. So... He went off to the slaughterhouse. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, was never... Good it's... job, Mando. Good job. <laughs> it's it's not really clear in... in like Because it's like Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren destroy this, destroy this right. school, right? So it's it, it's pretty clear that they they kill all the younglings. And well, kill no, 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 no. That's not what I'm. It's not what I'm saying. But I mean, so Luke does his thing. Ben leaves, becomes Kylo Ren, makes the Knights of Ren, then comes back. But there's not really a good distinction of how much time passes from him being Ben Solo to him being the leader of the Knights of Ren. But also, and also based on the aging and the flashback we're still talking about events that are happening in the last third of the 30 years gap. Here. Yeah. And what we're right. seeing is the first third. So there's a lot. Luke makes a couple attempts to do a Jedi training yeah. program. And so this is the early part of him. This is at peak Luke, right? This is peak, yeah. peak Luke right, in power, but peak Luke life. in hubris yeah. too. Right. Yeah. This is where so he I mean, thinks he's going to do that. That's a different, you know, something, I'm sure a lot tell of other stories. things. There's right. a lot of other things that could happen yeah. between now and then. And let's not yeah. forget we've got the timey-wimey Force Bridge that's going to be introduced with right, right. Thrawn. But it's, but it's still, I don't know, 
So who knows? The the lack. So the, the the biggest problem I had with episodes eight and nine is that the rebellion appeared to be Gilligan's Island and had like three ships, and then that was it until the final episode where the final movie where they got rescued by everybody else. And you would think that there were there were more Jedi's out there, affiliated or not, that they would have let their presence be known. Yeah, it's there. The but they talk. I mean, there's some of that nuance in Rebels talking about how um, the Jedi that are still alive are are keeping way low profile because of Order sixty six and everything that happened since then. That they yeah, are really, demoralized. They think yeah. a lot of times they think they're the only ones, or they think that the order has been destroyed and that. And, and they're just out for themselves now, right? I mean, there's that, there's definitely that thing going on. I, I guess, but if the, if it really is the the wizards and they sense the you know Sauron equivalent with Palpatine back, you think they yeah. would come out and try and do something about it? True, but I mean, well, that assumes sure thirty years sense, later that there are. But that's yeah. assuming thirty years later that there are. Exactly, exactly. And so there's a lot and, of there's a lot of yeah. design space in there. I there is. There is. I agree. Yeah, and well, I mean, maybe we'll clear up clear up some of the things. Cause I was much happier when the the new order was off in the corporate sector and not at the core. And when they pulled yeah. it back to the core, I'm like, this makes no sense. Why is it? Yeah, it would have been great if first order was hedge fund managers, and then right. that was, it would have been much better though. It would. And it was when it was out at the at the like it had been pushed out and it was pushing in, and that would have made sense. It's like we don't have to worry about them. They're not a threat. So the people who are fighting are just people on that fringe yeah. of space, right? So it's not a big fight, but it was yeah. a fight that needed to be fought. And instead it was... Uh, talking about it, outer rim versus inner rim stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. but then when you made it like the core worlds again, I'm like, why are they fucking in the core world still? Well, but by the okay. end of the by the end of the sequels, you can just take out multiple core worlds at one time. With single multi quad lasers out of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, it's easy. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk takes, about JJ Abrams' lack of understanding of how space works. You see it in every space movie JJ Abrams makes. It's like, dude, that's not how space works. You know what? It would be really great. Even even more impressive than a Death Star and then a three quarter Death Star. We'll make a planet star, and then that'll be awesome. And then when that blows up, we'll have ten thousand starships that were all there, like millions of starships. That'd be great. The the yeah the scale the scale fail on the final planet in the Skywalker movie was the part where both times I saw that movie I was just like no and, and what the, were all those the, people doing in the swamp manning the crew of those ships just going going through painting the deck over and over again for thirty years right okay but going back to this I will say you, this and you see the bolts going through the universe to the planets you're like oh yeah right. that's gonna blow that fucking planet up. Yeah. Oh my god, right. it was just like, dude, that's not how space works. <laughs> so uh I'm looking forward to casting Andor not just because of I love the Rogue One characters in that and this general period, but much as we what I really liked about Rebels was seeing the slow accumulation of Imperial power. It's the it's the tightening of it of the transition from the fall of the Republic to full tilt empire. And I like all of them, that gap point. I think that's a really fun place for the story to go. Yeah. And what we've seen in the comics and and in some other stuff and what I'm really hoping we see in this, in casting Andor or in other projects, are I really hope we get the Inquisitors. I really hope we get the hunt. And I'm hoping that that's what the Obi-Wan series is going to have some of, is the hunt for Jedi. Because that whole idea of them... Of the of Palpatine telling Vader to create a 
Force-sensitive squad of assassins to go out and find the Jedi for him is incredibly cool to me. And I think it would be so much fun to see the chasing of various Jedi that you were just talking about, yeah. um, ch running them down and killing them. And that and whole know, process. We know there's at least 14, right? Because there's, right. there's fifth brother and ninth sister. Right. So, I mean, if, if they separate sisters and brothers, I right. know there's at least that many. <laughs> yes, I like your math. You're right. So anyway, so I think we're, I hope we're going to see some of that too. But anyway, um, one other thing about the Ahsoka uh, episode, I meant, I forgot to mention before. I'm having a little Wait. bit of trouble with the, with the timing in the chronology in terms of ages, because Ahsoka was a, granted she was a teenager when she was a Padawan for Anakin. Mm -hmm. And granted that we don't know how to Togruta's age, but doesn't it seem like she should be much older yeah. If she's dealing with Luke at the age he is, because we're dealing with something now that's she 30 be, years after she ran off. She R-U-N-N-O-F-T at the end of the Clone years younger than She should be 10 years younger than Vader, so she should be in her 40s. Provided she has a lifespan. Right. Provided she ages like the rest of the human the humans right. in that universe. Yeah. So 40-ish. Like yeah. like so I guess she's, I guess she's okay. Yeah, he was six hundred, right? Yeah, yeah, I think part of the problem is that um, Mark Hamill, um, as he started to age, he ages fast, and then he got he scarred, does. and then he ages faster. Yeah. So, but it's the problem is that uh, Return of the Jedi or post Return of the Jedi Luke looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah, and he's actually he should be the same age that Anakin was during the Clone Wars. Right. When Anakin yeah. became Vader, should be what Luke is now, which means Luke should really look like a late teens. I mean, a late twenties guy. Yeah, agreed. Mid to late twenties guy, and he doesn't. He looks older right now. It looks like if you were to put Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, CGI Luke Skywalker next to Ahsoka, they'll look like they're the same age. And part of that is Rosario Dawson's youthful kind of, I don't know, her 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 skin regimen. I don't know, but also the fact that Mark Hamill looks like he does, or CGI did when they're. It just bothers me. Something about it regimen. bothers me. I don't know. A willing mean, suspicion yeah. of disbelief, my friend. Okay, if really? it gets us Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, we'll take it. Right. You can't, you can't jump up and say it's physics, damn it! You just physics. have to like, uh, lasers that suddenly break into multiple lasers. Yes, and that go that go faster than the speed of light, even though they are light. Are light, <laughs> and they can travel across the universe. Okay, Fuck, yeah. So the whole boondoggle with the dark saber was amazing. I loved it. I loved everything about that scene. I love how they ended it because they didn't resolve it. It's just gonna nope. be yeah. uh huh. And then she I can't love take it from you. Such a dick. I did <laughs> appreciate. I did appreciate the R two D two was in it. They did a good job of pulling yeah. R two D two in, well, especially um, with, especially with the relationship between R two D two and Yoda. Yes, right because yes. right because R two D two remembers Yoda and he probably thinks Yoda was a little bit of a fucking prick. Yeah. And uh, yep. like, <laughs> stop it, please. And, uh, <laughs> right? and, uh, I'm going to so, shock the fuck out of this little green dude unless you stop uh, me. <laughs> where's the swamp cannon? Let me fire this asshole into it. Um, I, I appreciated that too. Um, I just had thought, a, I still come yeah. back. I think we really had a lost opportunity to, to give Skywalker some more substance and really Wait. make it a, a memorable moment. R2's being a dick. No, R2 is being a dick on Dagobah. Yep. R2 knows fucking Yoda. 
Yep. <laughs> I've just known Yoda for like 40 years. I know. He's just totally playing up the freaking, uh, check out, let's, let's fuck with the kid. It's like, don't no, be a like, dick. No, wait, no, but, but just when I thought I was done with these assholes. Sure, another, sure. Another yeah. <laughs> Don't don't hook up with a fucking Skywalker again. That's your fault. It's another gremlin on the plane wing, you know. Yeah. Judge me by my shoes. By, judge me by your size, do you? Yeah. <laughs> running, running with a backpack. With the, carrying uh, on like a backpack while you run. Yeah, with the salted nut hole. <laughs> yes. I always saw it as a Babe Ruth. Have you seen? Have you seen the uh, <laughs> the bad lip reading Yoda song? Oh, it's amazing. That's Eagles what I was referencing. Head. Yeah, That's yeah. What I was referencing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that they did that. They showed. My daughter it in loves the... that song. My daughter loves that song. It's so I weird. listen. It's I so still weird. watch it. I still watch it. And it's they so showed weird. it in the uh, in the theater for the launch of the Alamo Drafthouse for Force Awakens. So when 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 Alamo Drafthouse in San Francisco opened, their grand opening was to release Force Awakens. And when you walk in there and you get the whole sit down and have a menu and it's adults and all that whole experience. As wonderful as that was already, they do a 30-minute pre-show of curated content that was like the Dancing Stormtroopers on YouTube. It was nice. it was Mattel and Kenner uh, commercials of Star Wars nice. stuff that you remember. There was bits and pieces of old of like the droids cartoon, and then they had that, and I had never seen that before, and I lost my shit. I think my wife and I probably could have stroked out laughing so hard at that, and I've watched it probably 33,000 times so funny that's a lot there's little baby logs underneath um okay so so we get this epilogue for you yes there's please (laughs) there's um there's an epilogue which is kind of a fun little setup for the the next series which is uh a raid on java's palace and of course the to me the fun part was that bib fortuna fortuna is still alive and has gotten really kind of he jobbed he jobbed up easy he jobbed up good didn't he <laughs> he did he's hitting the space cheese pretty well but like that but I, I think he, i think he stores it in the appendage and i then think he does yeah so that was pretty great that Those whole are actually dispensers great. no one knows this but if you stroke them cheese weird yes yeah give ryan johnson another movie <laughs> i'm out i'm out Thanks, so Thanks. so i love i mean it was a great little thing and when he sits down on the throne and she leans in next to him and all this other stuff, it was straight up uh, heavy metal, right? Oh yeah. Like, all it needed was all it needed was like Blue Oyster Cult, and it would have just been like the perfect thing. All it needed so... was a Ralph Bakshi cartoon overlay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The, end, the drawings that would have been perfect. Yes. That would have been pretty awesome. So it does seem to establish a tone and a, and a concept for what the Boba Fett. Um, uh, series is going to be the book of Boba Fett. I think that. So be I'm fun. not sure if this is canon or not, but the the dots on the side of his helmet have changed yeah. color from gold to red, and apparently gold was revenge, and red is um, honoring the past. Uh huh. So I mean, I'm not sure if that's canon. Don't, I thought don't that what happened. Are you saying in that scene? Because when I know re- in when Boba repaints his armor. He changes uh, I, the color. I thought what happened was that he added a dot at the back. It's they it used to be gold. No, okay. like a... All right. I, I really can't believe we're having this conversation. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
no time no time on the beach takes you away okay look at that yeah you know what if, if you divide by the cube of the radius and divide by pi you end up with i know the but it was just i thought it was a cool thing that they actually yeah. if they are that deep into it and they're saying we're gonna do this thing production yeah. wise but what if so elephant what, what if timothy Olfin was just pimping his right up and just painting the armor willy-nilly that because no, this is the repaint, right? This is the mid. Yeah, this, this is, is the, the Boba Fett repaint. Yeah. So, how so do you feel about that repaint? Color. Did we talk about that before? Color. I thought the repaint looked fucking sweet. Yeah. It lo- doesn't it remind you of like um, it's like uh, gosh, what? There's something about it. It reminds me of the the painting a Mecca would have right before it goes into battle and looks like what it's gonna look like. Like the color is so dark and saturated. That you're like, oh, that doesn't, that's not a color that would ever last, right? It yeah, that green is thick. Yeah, it, it's a really <laughs> interesting color. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway, all right, so, okay, Mandalorian. So, I, I, Blake, I think you have some good points about some missed opportunities at the end there, but I also feel like, okay, yes? No, I, I was just going to say, that, those comments aside, it was fucking awesome. It really was. And, yeah. and, and and also they painted themselves into a corner that we've seen on many on movies of and movies and other shows where it's like what do you do next? Marvel Netflix had this yeah. problem. They built themselves up and then it's like, Well, what do you do now? When they introduced Boba Fett and then when they got to this point when they said they led us to this end point, they needed a money moment. And I frankly think it's just fascinating that given the power of this franchise and the players in it, the characters that are in it, they use Luke in the Mandalorian TV series. Yeah. Not another Luke movie, not a big reveal. They tried Han Solo in a movie, and it was, you know, it was, a, it was a very good movie that got a bad rap. Thank you. My problem is, I, my, my thought is, it was amazing to me that they took their money character from the original trilogy, and they put him in, uh, in the TV show. And I was like, "That's that shows how much they take this as seriously as anything else." I was amazed that they're able to keep it secret. Yeah. Me too, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like no one spilled that. Impressive. I mean, very. Can you imagine? The, can you imagine the chills on set? If, if I was there, I mean, the first time Mark Hamill showed up, they'd yeah. be like, "Shit just got real." <laughs> so did, you made a comment earlier about the sequel movies. Um, and we all have some some bitter taste in our mouth about the last film, but you you talked about Luke as being a bitter, whiny alcoholic or something that you said. Did you not enjoy that version as the final arc for him? Because I actually thought the Last Jedi side of him, I thought the Last Jedi Luke stuff was perfect. I was totally on board with that. I was not as much as you. Hmm. I liked someone 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 said wait. Jedi get beat and they don't all run off and become a hermit in the middle of nowhere because that's all the Jedi I've ever seen. That's right. I don't know. I thought, yeah. I I guess I just um, remember the Luke Skywalker for 4-5-6. That was never give up. And and I just don't see him having the same character flaws as Anakin or Obi-Wan because that was the whole part. Or Yoda. Right. Well, Yoda... Yeah, yeah, but the Luke from 4, 5, and 6 didn't raise a Padawan who in turn kills everybody and throws it in his face. And Yoda then has did. The guilt. Yoda <laughs> then has, yes, he did. Well, Obi-Wan did too. Obi-Wan yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah. All three hermits. 
I'm going to walk that back, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 drinking out in the swamp of the yeah. desert. You know, actually, wait a minute. The difference is the difference is that Luke uh, Luke admits in the third uh, look back of that scene uh, that he actually he had a little twitchy lightsabery moment there too. That Kylo Ren wasn't um, unjustified in being scared. No, so no, that, maybe that's, that's the, the difference. Whole, but that's the whole point, right? I just don't, especially with Leia still there, especially with Han still there, especially with yeah. the entire crew there. I mean, you never you never met. Yoda's crew, right? You don't need Obi Wan's crew other than what he yeah. destroyed, um, and uh, it just didn't make sense from the character to me that that would be the response. Hmm. Like, oh no, I've had enough. I'm gonna go suck, you know, lizard teat and you know eat fish. I just don't see that. I think it. I think it would have been. I am not my father's son. I am not subject to that legacy. Yeah. I'm going to reinvent myself and pick myself up and do something about it, not run well, away. Well, and That's you all. know, to, I think to be fair, even if you if you separate out the the diehards that were absolutely opposed to everything Ryan Johnson did, and okay. all of the all of the subversions of the of the myth and all the things that he did that I thought were very interesting and challenging, I will give that part of it credit, which is you are playing with fire when you change one of the characters beloved characters to such a degree that it is re it appears to completely rewrite the entirety of how they live their entire life and i think his goal was you've given me these tools and you've given me a chance to tell a story here and i'm going to say that this is a guy who's gotten as low as he can be and seeing in her something that he once had but is more than he had makes him say you know what maybe i did make a mistake maybe the bigger crime is that i walked away and that it is his because it was very powerful to me that his third act moment was a redemption arc it was yeah, important yeah. to me that scene was powerful because that he had given up before that right i'm, I'm just putting uh like the han solo arc yeah versus luke skywalker arc sure yeah. sure sure right and and that, that I just have a, I have some difficulty resolving it. Regardless, uh, the redemption arc was very powerful, right? And that he's playing up into the the what the galaxy needs to see yeah. the galaxy that, hero Luke Skywalker saving the day, one man against the Empire. That freaking the, just the <clears throat> yes, it's just like oh fuck you, man. <laughs> and I fully admit, the first time I saw the movie, I did not notice that he wasn't leaving marks in the in the. Me either. Yeah. Me either. Until like until the thing happened, I was like, "You tricky son of a bitch! You just yeah, did a forest rejection." Oh. It, still doesn't, it still doesn't explain when he disappears into the into the forest why his hand doesn't fall down on the ground. But you know that's just me. Agreed. Yes. yes. His robotic hand should not have gone. <laughs> yes. But actually, that would have been super cool. Yeah. That would have been awesome. It's drop. It's it drops with a shocker, you know. Yeah. Um. Well, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it crawls away. It's the holy gourd. It's the holy. Oh gourd. my god! The the missed opportunity to have a Wilhelm scream of the hand going down into the water, <laughs> bonking on one of those fish ladies on the way down. Right? Yeah. And one of the right. chicken things going after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The. Uh, It'd be um, nice okay, to the so, or whatever they are. Or, so guys, um, do you have uh, any 
planned plundering option for me to, to document for us to maybe Ooh. do or not do? Uh, you should watch Blake. the documentary on 2080 Comics. On, okay, so that's your Hulu. Just like last time, you're going to rum do Rumfield Recommendations first. I, freaking, I'll do that. I, do it, I do it backwards every time. Wait, so is it, it Rumfield Recommendations, things we've seen? You do it backward every time. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, Rumfield Recommendations are recommendations for us of things you enjoy. Planned Plunderings are things that you intend to enjoy. Yes. Okay, so, so I'm going to finish... I plan on finishing the graphic novel series for the Rivers of London by Ben Aronovich. Yep. Aronovich. Yep. Rivers of London, which we've talked about, right? So right. So there's that. graphic novels too, which I didn't know oh. about. Oh, and for I Christmas, see. I got I got all eight, so okay. I am slowly reading through those. Fantastic. Um, anything else? Um, I should really try and finish devs. Devs, it's so, good. Devs, you it's so sad. Oh. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, we have I'm so much to talk about. I'm not going to ruin anything. Watch it and then we'll talk. Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, I love the the lead actress whose name I've forgotten. Yeah. Who is beautiful. Uh, I didn't realize she was the same girl. As, I didn't realize that she was the the other robot in Ex Machina. Sonoya Mizuno. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, she looks so different in the movie she's in. <laughs> yeah, she seems to be kind of like Garland's muse. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I think, and, and we'll, we will talk about it when we're, when we, when you finish. But, you know, it is interesting to me also that she is not your typical, um, female protagonist, um, no. in a, in a, in a show like this. She yeah. is not, doesn't make all the right decisions and she is not, uh, her, a hero who's, um, saving the day throughout that thing. Sure. Right? Sure. She's, yeah. She's realistically PTSD'd and, and panicking yeah. and, and right, making so, some dubious choices. So. All right, so I've done a, um, a read. I've done a watch. Uh, I'm going to finish up Cyberpunk 2027. 2077. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... It plays, it plays quick, fine on the PS5, providing you save a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, so interesting you say that. So I did I did crack mine, even though I saw that they were imploding and, and, and whatever. But I decided to crack it, and I... Spent all the time to download the material and actually played, and I only played the, like one night's worth, right? So I'm still in the intro of it. Yeah. Taking all my crap, getting my crap taken out, taken away from me, and going out on the street and all this. But um, I'm, I'm I'm hampered by my artifacts, the graphics problem that I'm having. Right. Um, I'm still enjoying the fact that. What's that? Oh no, that's cyberpunk, right? What's yeah. the game that has the characters with the dongles? Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima? No, you sent you sent me the blurb that uh, it, it's some big game that Keanu Reeves is associated with, and yeah. they oh, put on the shelves because of the glitches, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That's Cyberpunk so, twenty seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. So like, I haven't gotten into the. So the only things that I've seen go wrong so far is that I had a moment where I couldn't move, and there was a moment where it just went black, and then yeah. I had to start over. Um, I'm pretty but, sure from a software engineering standpoint, those are both ungood. They're very ungood. There are the I, I've actually had evenings where I just laid in bed and read the Reddit threads of people talking about collecting all the all, collecting all of the stories of their terrible uh, bugs and crashes. It's probably one Sounds of the very least productive and cathartic. It could be one of the most yes, one of the one of the least playable uh, releases ever in <laughs> in video game history. 
and given the the 12 years that went into it and the rush towards the end it is just amazing that it in, it flamed out the way it did that said yeah, it's pretty sad my my first time playing it i was perfectly fine with it um it's still cyberpunk and i was still like yeah, yeah. i'm still gonna fucking go you know gibson the shit out of this um yeah. i just just as always i just don't have any time to play so i haven't had a chance to go back to it but yeah um, it's I'm fine it. it's okay. an open world game if you like open world games you'll probably like it when they fix some of the worst bugs it'll be better to play driving is stupid yeah. <laughs> don't do yeah. it unless you have to <laughs> Right. It's the physics of the cars are garbage. Oh, that's but, bad. Yeah. Um. Okay. And Sorry, um. Well, what? So, so what about you, Blake? Which one do you want me to give? Give Plunders. me your planned plundering. Uh, expanse. Nice. Good man. Nice. So, have you done any yet? I've done all. Well, okay. So you're current. I'm current. God, I want to talk about that. So I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, thank God that show moved to Amazon. Yes, and I'm really, I'm so happy that they got a sixth season to wrap it up. And I, 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 think, I think it's gonna go beyond six. I do too. I think they're gonna rename it. I think that they're gonna recast and rename. I think that um, I haven't listened to a lot yet, but I think uh, SA, um, one of I think Ty Frank is the one who's been doing some podcasting and some interviews with, uh, he's become really a lot of a buddy with, um, um, Wes, um, Chatham. Yeah. I always thought it was Chatham. And, um, he made some comment that suggested that there's a lot of, I don't know. He made some sort of weird little edgy comment that made me think, Oh my God, they're going to do it, but they're going to do it as something else. I, a I don't 30 year gap. I don't, I don't think they can end it. Since. Yeah. So, but I think it's going to be, do you don't think that that's going to be, you don't think they're going to rush to the end of the pre-Laconia um, jump? Because I well, think I that think, that's... I think 6 is going to be Laconia. Wow. You think so? Yeah. I think uh, this I think this season ends with going through the portal to Laconia. Well, yes. But I think that that's going to be the end of, of this series. So you think this season will be that? And you think 6 will be... Okay. Well... But then, so you think that they're going to eliminate the 30-year gap? No, I do not. You really think they're going to bother to try to make, um, uh, what's his name, uh, who plays Hunky Boy that plays, um, that plays, uh, oh. Steven Strait? What's, what's happening to me? Steven Strait. You think they're going to put Steven Strait into, like, old man makeup? You think they're going to do that? I think does touch a gray. I'll be fine. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm I'm all for it. I like Stas. It's space thirty years. They may reduce the timeline. They may reduce the timeline to ten years. I mean, they killed Fred Johnston off. That was just in right. a way that was like. What? <laughs> uh, <Okay>. So. <laughs> well, Wait. What? Sorry. We'll right. finish the. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, Blake, that was a no-no. Oh. But listen, also, everybody dies, Mike. So I, I understand this. We're, we're very close to the end of the season, so what we can do is we'll just do a recap of it at that time. We'll well, do a more episodes solid episode. Huh? Yeah. It's 10, ep- 10 episode season, so. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty close. Yeah. And then. I'm on, then I'm on the Mud Planet. Do... So I just need to watch the Mud Planet season and then. And then oh. that, I guess. Okay. Well, I, I, guess, I, re- I, re- I rewatched all of Expanse starting over. Yeah. And, uh, and, and um, I was enjoying the fact that it was just as 
it was just as good the second time, if not better. And I and and it, it just it just made me pine even more for more of it. And it, what's happened to me twice is I think that I don't have a new episode, and then I finish for the night. You know, like it's we have one in the morning. I'd be like, okay, I better go to bed. And then I look, and it says that there's next up, and it's one of the new ones. And I'm like, what? Because it's Wednesday. It. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 I will but, say. Yeah. I will say. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Rossinante's escape from that freaking Martian cruiser yep. is still one of my favorite space things ever made. Like, and you haven't seen anything yet. I know. <laughs> I have a good buddy that I, I'm trying to get him onto Expanse, and he's keeps trying to watch the first episode, but he's doing it wrong. He's not doing it at ten at night or ten thirty. He's doing it like eight, and his wife nah. and kid keep interrupting him. And I'm like, no, no, be, this is at ten thirty. Really lights off. Yeah, headphones on, refreshing beverage, and just dive in because you cannot be distracted when you're watching the show, right? And because I and I told him the thing about it that I love is that you don't. It's so amazing in the first few episodes, and you don't even any idea where it's how where it's going to go. But it's amazing about that show and the books. Well, that every unless season. You've read all the books, then you know. What's that? Unless you've read all the books, and then you kind of have an idea. Yes, but my point is, yes, but my point is that. This is a series that manages to make each season its own really cool thing that's happening. They're not in competition with each other. Big things and smaller things happen, but they all have the same tone of holy shit. It never it never loses that sense of of wonder that they're pulling off what they're pulling off. Right. Well, the, the, the stakes are always going up. Yes. Yes. Right. And and I will say that um, to me every season has been better than the prior. I think so too. Um, and, and this one, and to and this, people, one yeah. this one, the best one. Easily. 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 And, the and, and referring to Mike's comment about the, the coolest spaceship shit ever and going back and rewatching it, I was waiting for it and they did it and I was super stoked. Um, there are some amazing things coming about things people do with ships and things that ships do to other ships and whatever. Okay. Something that happened just, uh, uh last night. Right? Was it last night or the night before? Um, last night, Wednesday. Yeah, blew me away. Yeah, so so to speak. Like I was like, what did they? <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure where I am. Ever. Let me let me look where I am. No, it's yeah. uh, you're on Illus, right? Yeah, I'm on the mud planet where everyone goes blind. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I remember telling you this at the time the season came out that I was a little nervous, even reading the book, <laughs> thinking about it. But I remember saying that I was afraid this was going to be the Star Trek movie problem, where they're going to put him in well, outside of Los Angeles somewhere and ride dune buggies around, and I was going to be really irritated. And fortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> I just love the way you describe it. Like, yeah, it's a mud planet, and bog. Everybody's got syphilis. It's bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> Space syphilis. It's the worst. Super. Okay, so yeah, so I'm on season four. Right. So I have to watch four, five, and six. No, four six is. We're in yeah. five now. Okay, I thought it was four or five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we I was trying. I was trying to read the books, and then yes. Tom was like, "No, no, no. Season four is like book five and six. And I'm like, "Well, fuck it. I've only read book five because <laughs> that's the Mud Planet." Yeah. That, 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 that that's an interesting response. Well, yeah. The problem is it, the show does the show does uh, pick it picks from di- from different books and kind of squeezes right. them together, but it also combines yeah. characters from the books. Yeah, into, into I mean, multiple it's... characters into one book, or yeah. multiple characters into one, and then other times makes all new characters or expands on characters. And so right. I, I mean, because my favorite character in the show isn't even in the books. 
So, what's her face? The uh... Kara G. Jammer. Yeah. She's in, the book. A, she's, she's in the books. I don't remember a, her at all. Yeah, no, she's different. She's uh, yeah. It's a different. That, set of that's characters. why I don't remember her at all. Yeah, because the one in the show is so she stands out so much. Oh, she's the girl I with cannot. the dragon tattoo. She's the girl with the dragon tattoo, space style. Oh, yeah, she is. She's and Belter can. Yeah, Whew. and oh yeah, and then also um, uh, when we get into start talking about this season, Blake. I mean, some of the casting choices that they've done for this season are just tripping me out. And they are, as they always do, they're starting to mute. Murtry was great because it just fit. But, like, with this, like, Bull and stuff, it's like I'm wrapping my head around the what they've done with Bull because yeah, but... of the casting choice and the fact that they took Bull's exoskeleton and gave it to Drummer. So it's all kinds of confusion about... And I like that. I like that it's a, a different version because you don't know what you're going to get, you know? So, anyway... Right. But, right, but it's so it's not it's not as convoluted and fucked up as Game of Thrones was. No, no. Because the, they, I don't think it's convoluted a, at all. I think it's a, great. They have a template to go to the end yes. of the absolutely yeah, I, right, and so they're not inventing whole cloth. And I have many, to say, how many having read the books, what's that? How many expanse? Because they're done now. Expanse is done with no, books, no, right? No, 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 no. Are you sure? I thought they said there's one more expanse book and they're done. No, they're, I'd say that's what a, they said. That's what they said. Okay. There's one more Expanse book and one more Expanse season of the show, right? which Blake, Blake thinks will be the same thing and I thought would be two different things. Well, no, no, no. But so there's a book that comes after season right. six, and I think right. that'll be season seven or a movie. They're not going to let it die. Yeah. There's too much yeah, money yeah, to be yeah. made. Yeah. So how many now, books are there? Like 30. Right there are not 30 books. No, if you, if you include the novellas, yeah, no, there's and, a lot. Uh, there might be. No novellas. And my, books. No books. Books, books. So there's what eight? Right? Eight, okay. Maybe no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I think there's six. Most six of mine books. are all uh, audiobooks, so I don't. That's my problem is I don't have that's some six yeah. books right now. Okay. But actually, Mike, the novellas and short stories are actually pretty critical. Oh yeah, In no, fact, no, no. I mean, I would. I'm of course going to read those. I'm just wondering how they actually if I need pull, to. Yeah. I, it's do I need? Uh, I, I I like you have to read reading all the backstory. I watch the show. That, but, that story you have to read. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I say it's really awesome to me that season five is pulling in novella stuff as well. They just got they just have to end the series before Stephen Strait completes his transition to old lady face. <laughs> so, um, uh, 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 Mike, I have all I have. Well, all of the books I have are Audible books, but I also have actually maybe the first four as well as many of the novellas I have as um, I have them as eBooks. Too, so if you okay. want them and you want to be able to read them that way, I can get them. Too. Yeah, I am. Uh, I tell you, I mostly read on the Kindle right now. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So they, they do the Butcher of Anderson Station. Nice. Yep. It it that is an incredible read. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always I, I like. Uh, yeah, I want to. know They touch about, it. They do a they great do the show. Way. They show you bits. Yeah, they they give yeah. you the sense of it over the course of one episode. But that but the but but the novella was really incredible, and the churn, you know. Well, okay, so anyway, so Blake, you're all about The Expanse, trying to keep up with that. Um, for me, it was The Expanse as well. That's all I think about. Um, also, on Mike's encouragement, I've been working my way through Discovery, and I am now, as of now, current on Discovery, because okay. tomorrow is the finale of season So I haven't three. watched any of this season. Right. I don't have so now, I'm ahead now. of you. <laughs> yeah. But So anyway, I'm looking forward to the finale just to finish it. It's They've had some... 
they've done some good things in the season. They've done some things that bored me. So it's, you know, typical bag for Star, Star Trek, which is, um, it's a mixed bag, I guess. <laughs> but I would say that um, it has definitely been a more interesting season than some. So that's good. Um, and then uh, they're about to release, or maybe they have released, the Disney Gallery featuring Mando season two. So it's the next of the Ooh, documentary episodes. I need episodes. to watch that. That first so one really so interested good. In that. Yep. Um, also, Letter Kenny. I don't know if you've seen any of that. They just launched the new season. I haven't. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. You got to start from the beginning. You got to start okay. from the beginning. And it's not the kind of thing where I'm going to tell you. You got to watch all of that, and you're going to love it. I. It's a lot like Always Sunny. Once you once you've watched a couple episodes, you know what you're going to get, and now you can almost see them in any in any sequence at any time, and it won't matter. But uh, yeah. I think it's worth it. I really enjoy it. Um, I also intend to start a show I never tried, which is Search Party. I've heard Search Party is really fun. That stars yeah. uh, the guy from um, from Parks and Rec, the where the show really starts, right? Rob Lowe's partner. Who is his own actor? I don't remember. Adam Scott, are you referring to? Yes. Yeah. Um, is that Search Party? Or is this one with Maybe from uh, Arrested Development? Yeah. It's, it's Maybe. It's Alia Shawkat. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know who else is in it, but I know but, yeah. but I know that it's uncomfortable. Um, uh, and I want to see I'm it. Probably, probably going to be a no for me then. Why is that? I'm not, big, I'm not a big uncomfortable humor fan. Like, I don't like uh, Larry David. Oh, I see. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean,. I, I, I don't really don't have a sense of its tone. I just know that it's, I mean, just by its basic premise, it looks like it's a little bit dark, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, uh, and then also, let's see what else. I also wrote down, give him hell Malone because you told me to give it a shot. I, I, I had a good time watching it. Tim and Bing Rames being private eyes, shooting stuff, you. cool cars. I like it. Um, so now, keep the... in mind, I haven't watched it in like a decade. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a younger Mike. It's a younger is, Mike's recommendation. Is Ving Rhames still doing stuff, even? I think so. I don't know the last time I even saw him in anything. Huh? There's one way to find out. We're not going to do it, though. All right, so Rumfield recommendations. Mike, you said 2080 documentary, right? Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's really Where, good. Where's that? Where did you find that? Uh, I believe it's net. No. I believe it's... You know what? I'll just look it up. It's either Hulu or it's um, Amazon Prime. Okay. And then, Blake, what do you have? Rumfield Mortal. recommendation. Mortal. Mm. Mortal. Really? Yeah? Yep. It's on Prime. It's a new release. You can uh, rent it. Um, it is a very interesting take on some very old stories. Oh, interesting. I read mixed things about it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. No, okay, it's, so it's it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Future Shock, the story of 2080. Yeah, shock. Okay. And what's mortal, you said? Mortal, yeah. Why do you like it? Um, Not sure. It touches on a lot of uh, very old themes and very old stories. And just like... Um, What's the uh, movie where the kids find the spaceship and get superpowers? Chronicle? Chronicle. It's a better version of Chronicle. Well, can't be much worse. Um, Taiwan? Is it Taiwanese? No. No, this is okay. the Norwegian one, right? Norwegian. Oh, Norwegian. It's... oh sorry. No, it's... <laughs> apparently its initial release was in Taiwan. Who knows why? <laughs> um, okay. 
cool. All right, I'll yeah. totally give that a look. Yeah. And that is on Prime, Amazon. It's on Prime? Cool. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm going to add that too. All right, Mortal. For some reason, I thought it was a series, but it's just a film, right? It's just a film, yeah. All right. For my Rumfield recommendations, of course, I have Expanse, Expanse, Expanse. Because I'm trying, I'm at the point now where I just want to yell out my window or get on my roof and yell at people, masks on, watch Expanse. <laughs> you, should, you should rethink those options. You're probably right. Um, the other one I'll say, and this is another, it's kind of, I'm not sure where I land on this. I think it's a recommendation. It's at least a recommendation for others, and that is Iron Man VR. Oh, so God, got, so much fun. Yeah, I got, I got, so Mateo, much fun. I got, what, I got what, my young, I, I sorry, got my young is... son, the PlayStation VR rig. Oh. So it's the whole VR headset with the motion control hands. Oh, my God. And you do and the thing to do your hands. Yeah, so I got the bundle, fun. and I got the bundle that is the Iron Man VR game. So you are in the armor. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's. And Mateo's at the age where the learning curve's there. He's like, Zoop! he's right into it. I don't know that it's for me, because as I learned last year in Monterey, I do get vertigo and I get I get kind of sick with all that stuff. And sure. And um, even with and I thought maybe without the ad, you should go with the drinking ad on Tony Stark party mode. I think you're probably right. It fits it fits right in, right? Yeah. Um, uh, in in Monterey, I was in the bucket chair that was swiveling around and doing all this stuff at the same time. So that was a lot for me. Um, I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, which part? Everything? Why you were in Monterey, why you were in a bucket, and what the hell you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, uh, um, before the pandemic, we in between Christmas and New Year's, we took the kids down to Monterey for a micro vacation. And we mm -hmm. stayed in Cannery Row, and we just spent a bunch of money at the aquarium and whatever. And so we went to one of those... Um, yeah, because of the pandemic, we haven't gotten together and bullshitted much about what happened since then. So, yeah. anyway. I, I just wanted to pull on the thread that yeah. I was in Monterey, I was in a bucket, <laughs> I was Tony Stark, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so, the, so the kids were, were playing at one of these arcades where you pay, spend money to be able to use a combination of video games, but also physical games, and then you win tickets or whatever. And, you know, just, you're just burning money. Who cares, right? You're on vacation. And so there were these two big VR displays which is a a bucket on two gimbals and then you wear the headset and so you're in a vr rig but the bucket is swiveling around and stuff as got you're it, doing it, it. Yeah. and so the kids got on it and they spent like 25 bucks and it's like doing all these different rides and event um modules in it and then doris tried it and thought it was cool and then i got went to do it and they said what do you want to do and i said well they said what do you you know what do you like what do you do and i said well i'm an architect who does this and this and she's like oh well, i got one where you're Free, you're, you got those squirrel suits and you're jumping off of a tall building in this sort of fantasy tall building landscape. That's not what architects do. But I said, that sounds good. I'll try it. And so I get in the thing and, you know, I launch off the building and now you're swooping and flying in between skyscrapers and whatever else. Right. And uh, we have video. I turned straight green. Right. So when we got right. off the thing, I walked around the rest of the day just being like, oh, it just felt so... So I know I'm that guy. So going to the Iron, the Iron Man VR for the PlayStation, I set it up for my son. I ran the tutorial, which is learning how to use the repulsors to, because you do everything, you know, you're just doing it with your hand, with your body, right? So your repulsors down to levitate, and aiming forward and firing, and how to learn how to start to fly, and you're leaning forward and 
going through things and spinning around and doing all that stuff. That's all before you even get to the story. And, you know, Pepper talking to you and there's an environment that you're in and you do all the stuff. This was just the... This was just the tutorial sequence where you're learning how to use the armor. And I did it for about 30 minutes, and I put it down, and I gave it to him, and I came back out to do some work, and I was just kind of que- half queasy all day. So did I don't know how deer? much I'll did go back and do deer? it. Did you feed the what? deer? I did not feed the deer. Okay. I don't even know what that means. Laying off the Laying Oh, off no, 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 I didn't feed the deer. <laughs> now I know exactly what you mean, and no, I did not. It was just a half queeze. Yeah. But it makes me wonder it's how queen. much I... Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's a queen. I, 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 I love that they, they heard, oh, I'm an architect. and like, oh, let's terrify you. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm like, oh, we have a virtual toilet. Let's just go visit a municipal solid waste plant. <laughs> I mean, really. What? So I, I will try this. I will try this game again just because I love Iron Man and I love the idea of, of that as a VR experience. Obviously, it's a selling point. But even I if to, I, I don't. Young Tony, I would go to young Tony Stark. Party mode Stark, <laughs> like socialite Stark. That's the Stark I would like to go VR. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play it. I'm, I'll try it at least one more time. But if I get a, if I feel really uncomfortable afterwards, I'll probably just be like, "Yeah, son, you just you can do that." But uh, so there you go. Okay. Well, guys, Mando season two in the can, but not the bucket, and. When next we talk, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna hit uh, the 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 signature opus that was Wonder Woman eighty four. Not and all the things we learned, all the all the lessons we learned in watching that movie. Like it's not Chris, rape. It's actually, not rape if it's someone it else's body. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, boys, with this I leave you. Toodles. Adios. Bye, adios. Until next Be time. Be safe from evil. Keep keep hosing your roof down. Shotgun at the ready. Everything's going to be fine. Keep chumming the water with what your desired ingredients are. That's right. Why, why are we hosing? Oh, fires. Gotcha. And death everywhere. Okay, and bye. Okay. <laughs>